Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I am Tom Kelly with you on a Friday morning, and it is over. After six weeks following the Eagles season finale, two and a half months since the last time he took a snap for the Eagles in Green Bay, it is finally over as Carson Wentz is traded to the Indianapolis Colts. We've been following it. Uh, You know, I mean, it feels like forever. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. It feels like forever. We've been speculating, reading the tea leaves. When is this going to happen? Is it going to happen? Where is Carson Wentz going to be headed? We get all of our answers on Thursday afternoon, shortly before noon. um, As, you know, uh, get back from the show. I'm shoveling on uh, Thursday morning. And, you know, I have a trouble sleeping, and then I, I check Twitter, and uh, I see that this trade is done. And um, I think it's a relief to everybody that there is some sort of closure here. Regardless of how you feel about Carson Wentz, regardless of whether you wanted him to return to the Eagles, whether you run it, wanted him out, this was inevitable. And I think in the last few weeks, everybody kind of came to that realization that this outcome was inevitable that Carson Wentz was going to be traded and I mean I think this is the result that we all expected here you know for all the talk about potentially bringing him back for all the talk about the Bears and and their interest in Carson Wentz mystery teams you know uh Washington and and Denver and, you know, the Patriots, all these other teams that we've speculated about who could be hanging in the periphery. We're hearing about Chicago. We're hearing about Indianapolis. Maybe one of these other teams jumps out of nowhere and makes a big move for Carson Wentz. Um, but in the end, that that's, that's not the case. And the result ends up being the most obvious one, and I think the one that many of us expected from the very beginning – when the Eagles started entertaining trading Carson Wentz and, you know, getting to the point where we knew this was an inevitability. And, you know, even though we discussed bringing him back, if if you didn't get 
a quality offer. I talked about it last week, you know, for spite more than anything else. Um, we all knew that it was time. That it was time for Carson Wentz to move on. Uh, for whatever reason, and we will analyze it tonight and in the coming weeks, obviously. Uh, but for whatever reason, this relationship became deeply fractured with Carson Wentz and the Eagles organization. Fractured to the point where it could not be repaired. I mean, I I honestly think the Eagles this offseason made an effort to repair it. I really do. I think firing Doug Peterson, hiring Nick Sirianni, well, maybe not solely for Carson Wentz. I think that was done with Carson Wentz in mind. Um, I think that was done with the Eagles certainly still at that point entertaining the possibility that Carson Wentz would remain a Philadelphia Eagle uh, for 2021 and beyond. But, you know, on Carson's side, he did not have the desire to do that. He wanted to move on, and I think the Eagles then looked at the realistic nature of the situation and decided, well, as much as we might want to try to fix Carson, we might want to try to repair this relationship. If he wants to leave and he does not want to be in Philadelphia, then it's not a a healthy environment uh, to try to keep him here. And this ends up, being the final outcome, and at this point, um, for both sides, a divorce was necessary. And, you know, it became clear that Carson Wentz could or would be traded, and he ultimately goes to the place that we expected he would go, um, to Frank Reich and the Indianapolis Colts, which is very interesting. And we will look at that as well tonight. Um, The... Chances of Carson Wentz succeeding in Indianapolis, um, I do think it's a good landing spot for him. I think if you're just looking in a vacuum at the two teams who we heard the most about, the Indianapolis Colts and the Chicago Bears, uh, the Colts are certainly a better fit for Carson Wentz. And it goes beyond just Frank Reich. I mean, uh, Frank Reich certainly is the link that everybody will look at and certainly is the biggest part of it. But the Colts are a better run organization. Chris Ballard is a much better general manager than Ryan Pace is. The Colts have a better roster. They have a better infrastructure. And for Carson Wentz, it is an opportunity for him to reset his career with a coach that he is comfortable with, a coach that he has succeeded with in the past, and possibly get back to playing at a a high level. But in the end, the most predictable outcome ended up being the final outcome. In return, the Eagles get a third-round pick in 2021 and a second-rounder in 2022 with some stipulations. that This pick could turn into a first if Carson Wentz plays either 75% of the snaps or 70% of the snaps and the Colts make the playoffs. And when you look at that return, and I know it is very popular in this town, uh, to bash Howie Roseman all the time and bash him at every turn. I get it. Um, I know people don't like him. The draft choices the last few years, the J.J. Ortega-Whiteside pick, the Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson pick, the Andre Dillard pick that, you know, I know the jury's still out there. Andre Dillard uh, was Jace Peter's backup in 2019, 
missed 2020 with injury, but obviously some of the things you hear, what we did see of Dillard in limited action, not looking great at this point. And I understand that those draft choices frustrate people. The free agent moves, whether it be bringing in an aging player that you are incredibly reliant on in Deshaun Jackson who ends up not being able to get on the field. You know, Malik Jackson, that signing kind of blew up in your face. Um, You know, keeping older players like Alshon Jeffrey, like Jason Peters. Uh, I I don't think you can discount Jeffrey Lurie's involvement in that specific aspect of it, but how he certainly bears responsibility, too, for not letting Jeffrey Lurie know that this is not going to be good for the organization and keeping these older players on the roster is not tenable. Um, But I understand the reason why people don't like Howie Rosen, and I understand the reason why it's so popular to just blame him and bash him at every turn. And the Carson Wentz situation plays into this as well, which the organization, and therefore Howie, deserves some blame also. I mean, we'll get into why this relationship went wrong, and as I just discussed with Rob briefly, the blame can certainly be thrown all around. I mean, Carson Wentz deserves a level of blame. Jeffrey Lurie deserves a level of blame, even though his direct involvement with the Carson situation, I'm not sure how much Jeffrey Lurie's role played into it, but... Howie Roseman, Doug Peterson. There are certainly a number of people with that situation that you can blame. But as popular as it is to blame Howie, you can't argue that he did not do a masterful job in these negotiations. You just can't. And if you want to get in, 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494. Open lines start the show. But... Organizationally, yes, it is not good that you were in this situation, clearly. Um, When you have a quarterback who you view as the franchise quarterback, you steadfastly believe in the guy as recently as last offseason, as recently as five months ago, because I do believe the Eagles believed in Carson Wentz. I don't think when they selected Jalen Hurts or, you know, in training camp, early in the season, I don't think they foresaw this possibility. And yeah, it is not a positive that you find yourself in this situation to begin with. But as we look at these negotiations, once you are in this position, you got to make the best out of it. And the Eagles made the best out of a bad situation here. As you find out, you know, because there was a lot of speculation over the last couple of weeks of who was involved, to what extent they were involved. You know, the, the that ridiculous rumor that was thrown out about the Bears and a number one and a three in Nick Foles, which, which obviously turned out just to be complete BS a few weeks ago. You know, this has been uh, speculated a lot as far as who is in uh, the mix here. But in the end... There really was not much of a market for Carson Wentz. And I think that tells you, in general, what the league thinks of him right now. Uh, The fact that there were not a number of teams. I mean, there may not have even been two teams that were really seriously involved in these conversations and were serious about acquiring Carson Wentz 
to be their quarterback of their franchise. And in that situation where you look at it after the end result, and I think it's pretty obvious at this point that it was basically the Colts negotiating against themselves. For Howie Roseman to get a third-round pick and likely a first-round pick, uh, if Carson Wentz stays healthy, which we know that's a little precarious, but 75% of the snaps is certainly attainable. You know, 70% in the playoffs, I actually think the 75% um, is much more likely. The AFC, the AFC is loaded. We'll get to what um, some you know NFL people, Lewis Riddick, Dan Orlovsky, think of the Colts later on. I'll say they're a little more bullish on what the Colts can be than I am. I mean, the AFC is pretty stacked. The Colts barely snuck into the playoffs last year. I don't think they are in any way a lock to go back to the postseason this year. So I think the 75% of snaps played for Carson Wentz is the much more attainable goal in terms of getting that first-round pick. But to get a three and likely a one for a guy who played like the worst quarterback in the league last year, that's tremendous return. I mean, that is a great trade considering the situation. And again, we will go through all the aspects of this. I am not defending the Eagles for finding themselves in this situation to begin with. Is it all their fault? No, a lot of, it's on, a lot of it is on Carson Wentz. Is it all Carson Wentz's fault? No, some of it is on the Eagles. But when you find yourself in this situation, you need to find a way to make the best of it. And Howie Roseman did just that. Shopping a guy who was terrible last year. Shopping a guy who has negative stories come out about him from people in the locker room, people who have coached him, Uh, You know, anonymous sources all over the place, which, I mean, if you want to discredit the media, I know that's a very popular thing to do. Um, I can guarantee you the media is not just making this stuff up out of thin air. These reports are coming from somewhere. And they're coming from people with knowledge of the situation. Um, To take that that asset and turn it into a, a, a three and likely a one, it's a tremendous trade for the Philadelphia Eagles, and it is a good day for the Philadelphia Eagles. It is a good day as they look to move on from an era and a situation that just was not going to work. Because it is time to rebuild. And as I said, we will not by any means absolve the organization for their mistakes throughout the course of the night. We will look at a bunch of different facets of the Carson Wentz, uh, what led us to this point, The trade, how it affects the Eagles, how it affects the Colts, how the Eagles will fare, how Carson Wentz will fare. But the Eagles handled the negotiations very well. And, I mean, I'd love to hear from you if you don't see it the same way. Uh, I don't really get how you could because the market tells you the story. And the fact is there was very little market. There were very few teams that were interested in acquiring Carson Wentz services. And in the end, I think the Indianapolis Colts were the only team that were extremely serious. Did the Bears have some level of interest at some point? I I suppose they did. I don't think it ever got serious. You know, there were those reports last week. If that was the deal that was offered, the Eagles just would have taken that deal. You know, if you're getting a guaranteed one, 
why are you going to wait and get a conditional one for next year from a team that is likely going to be better? So, you know, it's pretty clear that that reporting about the Bears was just was just false. But in the end, the Eagles handled their negotiations very well. And Howie Roseman did a hell of a job. A hell of a job. Getting a third-round pick and likely a first-round pick for a broken quarterback. Because at this point, that's what Carson Wentz is. Can he be rebuilt? Perhaps. And we will see, and it'll be very interesting to watch the Colts next year. And, uh, you know, I heard Joe DeCamera mention it earlier today, and I would agree, is that, you know, whenever possible, when there's not a conflict between the networks on the Eagles and the Colts, the, the Colts should always be televised in Philadelphia next year. Because we are going to be watching them as closely as we are going to be watching the Eagles. Um, obviously to see what that pick's going to turn into, but from a curiosity standpoint. Because everybody is going to be interested to see how Carson Wentz fares in a different environment. But as far as these negotiations go, the Eagles and Howie Roseman made the best of a bad situation. And you can bash Howie for a ton of things, and if you want to call in and bash Howie for getting to this point, you're welcome to. But you cannot argue with the fact that he handled this trade situation masterfully, that he got the best return possible, and I was confident the entire time that he would because this is what Howie Rosen's good at. He's good at flipping assets who are not very valuable. And as I said, the market tells you that Carson was not viewed as very valuable by a number of teams in the league. If he was, you really don't think Bill Belichick, who needs a quarterback, would have been involved? The Patriots weren't involved. The Panthers weren't involved. The Washington football team uh, were not in on this. You know, Denver apparently wasn't involved. John Elway loves trading for quarterbacks. I mean, John Elway, it's it's his favorite thing to do, is to go out and trade for a big-name quarterback. They weren't involved. The only team that was seriously in on this was the Indianapolis Colts. And how he created a situation where, while everybody's bashing him about, you know, why is he waiting? Why he's going to screw this up? Howie Roseman created a market out of thin air. And in the end, he got Chris Ballard, a very good GM, and Frank Reich bidding against themselves and turned this into what could end up being better return than what he got five years ago for Sam Bradford. I got to tell you, I think it's a hell of a job by Howie Roseman. 215-592-9494. If you want to get in, 215-592-9494. We will obviously examine all the aspects of the Carson Wentz situation throughout the course of the show. Excited to talk to you. Um, we will take all your calls tonight. We will get through everybody. Um, but uh, I, I want to hear from the people. I want to know how you're feeling about Carson Wentz no longer being a Philadelphia Eagle. Who's to blame for that? And what do you think of this trade and the return the Eagles got back? I think it's a tremendous job. Um, and as I said, can't absolve the organization for everything that happened for getting to this point. But once you find yourself in a bad situation, you need to make the best of it. Howie Roseman made the best of it, got the Colts bidding against themselves, and in the end, got a damn good trade return. 215 592 
888-957-9494. Anthony Connor, see you both there. We will get both you guys up right when we return. I'm Tom Kelly, in for Big Daddy Graham, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly in for Big Daddy Graham on a very uh, eventful Friday. Well, I guess Thursday was eventful. Friday will be sure to be eventful as well as we will discuss the Carson Wentz trade. As this, um, the saga is over. And it is incredible how we got to this point. We'll examine that uh, in a little bit here. Uh, I, I as I was driving in, I heard Ruben Frank on with, with Rob Ellis. Um, and Rube uh, also has a great piece out on NBC Sports Philadelphia uh, on where he believes it went wrong. And we'll get to some of the things Rube had to say uh, in uh, a little bit here. But it's amazing we're here. It is. And, and I, I find it incredible when, if you told me five months ago uh, that Carson Wentz, would be gone after the year traded, Doug Peterson be fired. Um, I would have said you're crazy, and that for that the organization is not absolved. I mean, they have made their fair share of mistakes to bring us to this point, and it's it's disappointing it's gotten to this point because I thought Carson Wentz was the guy once upon a time. I did. I I thought he. I, I liked what I saw his first year. I liked what I saw in 2017. Obviously, um, but it, the. This thing has deteriorated over time, and nobody is absolved from that. Nobody is uh, absolved from, absolved for. Uh, you know, nobody gets off the hook here. There is plenty of blame to go around, but in the end, this became an untenable relationship. This became a situation that could not continue. And. I look at this as, as akin to somebody getting, you know, a good deal out of a very messy divorce. And, and that's the kind of way I, I look at this. And Howie Roseman, um, without really anybody other than the Colts seriously interested, was able to create a market. Uh, you know, and everybody thinks Howie is a fool and, and thinks he's a dope. And I'm not going to excuse all the things that he's done. Um, but he is good at this aspect of the job. He is good at making trades. He is good at getting the information out there that he wants out there. And I think, in a way, he deceived the Indianapolis Colts here. And I think he deceived Chris Ballard to make the Colts believe there was truly another bidder when I don't think there was. And to get a three and potentially a one, it is a tremendous trade. And now that the Eagles get rid of the contract, Get the Carson Wentz contract off the books. Take your medicine in 2021, and then you are good to go. You are good to spend. Get significant draft capital back, even if that second rounder does not convey to a first rounder. Still, a two and a three is is good value, and these are assets that are going to help you. And the Philadelphia Eagles are now on the right track. They needed to get this trade done. Now they can begin to rebuild. Now they can begin to heal as an organization. And, you know, while we bash Howie for a lot, and a lot of it is warranted, can't bash him for this trade. This was a good trade return for Howie Roseman, a good deal for the Eagles. And they're better off as an organization now 
than they were 24 hours ago. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. Let's get it started on the phones with Anthony in West Philly. What's up, Anthony? Hey, how you doing, Tom? How's it how going, you doing man? Tonight? Good, how are you? Hey, I'm, I'm listening to the show as I'm driving into work, right? Mm-hmm. And then when you went on to Howie Roseman Praise, right, I asked the producer when I called then, how come he didn't cut your mic? Because I don't see Howie Roseman the way you do. Indianapolis Colts fleeced Howie. How how do you, how do you get fleeced, Anthony? He traded the guy's worst quarterback in the league last year for a first round pick. How's that getting fleeced? Okay, okay, because they they looked at it like this, right? Howie didn't have to sign that contract with, with with Carson Wentz when he did. The man still had time. He didn't have to sign that contract. Now we got to send over thirty million dollars to Indianapolis, and they can have a way better roster than us. Well, you're not you're not sending it to Indianapolis. You just got to pay it against the cap. But Anthony, I'll, I'll say this. So okay, they signed Carson Wentz after 2018, which was a year early. Now after 2019, would you have signed Carson Wentz to a long term deal? After 2019? No, no, because he did not do anything spectacular. I think you would be in the minority there, Anthony, because I think many people wouldn't. It would have cost the Eagles even more. Look what Jerry Jones did to Dak Prescott, and Dak Prescott was putting up way better numbers. Yeah, and, and, and uh, you know, the Cowboys are still in a position where they're going to need to pay Dak Prescott. I mean, but, it's, but, yeah, it's a shame Carson Wentz didn't turn out to be as good as we thought he was going to be. That, that is a shame. You got anything else for me, Anthony? Well, I mean, I just don't have the the, the, the Howie Roseman love as you do. I just don't see it. No, I, I got I, the every turn that Howie makes a mistake. And it's, it's, it's to the point where, you know, um, I root against this team just in order for or Jeff Lurie to wake up and say, you know what, this guy got to go. No, stop with that, Anthony. I appreciate the call. Stop, I mean, stop with that. I'm going to root against the team. I hear so many people say that. That is such a load of BS. Like, if anybody's really an Eagles fan out there, you're not rooting against the team. I mean, stop with this. It's just not true. And, you know, I get, again, it's like how we've been conditioned to – always excuse Carson Wentz. It's the same thing with Howie. And I'm not, I'm really not trying to sound like a Howie apologist, but I mean, can we not give him credit when he deserves credit? Like we rip him all the time when he makes mistakes and rightfully so. I mean, I, I came on the air after the Jalen Rager pick and I torched the Eagles. I thought it was a terrible decision to choose him over Justin Jefferson. And obviously, um, you know, that is borne out to, to look like a bad pick at this point. But if we're truly being objective and looking at this thing uh, through objective lenses, you cannot tell me that this is not a good trade deal, that this is not a good move. The idea the Colts fleece the Eagles, how did the Colts fleece the Eagles? Because And we'll get to this later on as well. I'm so tired of hearing, well, the Eagles are giving up on Carson Wentz. No, the Eagles are not giving up on Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz did not want to be here anymore. Carson Wentz did not want to be in this city. So for all the people who defend him all the time, all the people who excuse his poor play, all the people who excuse the leadership stuff, he's quitting on you. And he doesn't even think you are worth it to come out and explain why he wants to leave. And you know what? I don't think he's ever going to address it. I don't think he is ever going to address any of the things that happen here. Maybe he will. Maybe he'll prove me wrong. But I can guarantee you right now, 
after watching this guy for five years, the way he handles things. He will go to Indianapolis, and in his introductory press conference, whenever that is, they will ask him about Philadelphia, and he will say, you know, I I don't want to talk about that. I'm ready to move forward as an Indianapolis Colt. And he doesn't see you, the people who support him, so fervently. He doesn't see you as worth it to him to explain what happened and why he wants to leave. He is quitting on this city much more than the Eagles are quitting on him. And and I don't get what is so difficult to see about that. The Eagles were put in a poor situation. Yes, it is partially due to their own making. I don't buy the Hurts uh, pick being the Eagles' fault. I think that is much more Carson's fault the way he reacted to it. But this is not just the Eagles quitting on Carson Wentz here. And everybody needs to recognize that, that Carson Wentz did not want to be here. And the Eagles, I truly believe, wanted him back. I think it's why they fired Doug. I think it's why they hired Sirianni. And that still wasn't enough for Carson Wentz. He didn't want you anymore. For all the fans out there who support him so strongly, he quit on you. He doesn't care about you. And that's why he's not a Philadelphia Eagle anymore. 215-592-9494. Let's go to Connor and Mulca Hill. What's up, Connor? Hey, Tom. How you doing, buddy? How's it going, man? I'm good. Um, I just want to talk about – all right, so I don't think the Howie trade is bad. I think that they're going to end up with the first-round pick, all that. So that's good. But um, my one problem with all this is why did they get rid of Doug Peterson? Great question, Connor. Um, you know, I, I think it was a mistake. I, I said it at the time, and I truly think at that point they got rid of Doug because they were trying to smooth things over with Carson. And uh, unfortunately, okay. now, you know, uh, they don't have Doug anymore, and, and I think that's a shame. Yeah, um, I, I hope Doug goes and coaches somewhere else. Like, because I think I honestly think Carson's probably gonna do well in Indianapolis, um, and I'd like to see the same for Doug. Um, but that's my that's my one problem with this is um, you know Doug was there, and whatever you think about Carson Wentz, Doug was actually in the Super Bowl. You know, he was you know massive part of that win that day, and that as as an Eagle fan that. That's really what's just still stinging for me is the uh, unceremonious firing of Doug. Yeah, no, I, I hear you, Connor, and I totally uh, agree with that. I mean, I thought it was a bad decision at the time. I thought it was a sign that the Eagles were choosing um, Carson Wentz over Doug Peterson, which I did not believe uh, was the right way to go. And and obviously, um, even doing that was not enough to, to appease Carson Wentz and make him want to stay here. So, yeah, yeah. Appreciate it, man. I always had a, I, yeah, I was, I liked Carson the first two years, but that not long into the third year, uh, the after the Super Bowl, he was still not back for like a couple games, and Nick Foles played and didn't look so hot, right? In that first right. year after, the, yeah. Um, when he can't, yeah, I mean, ever you've you've been through all these narratives a million times, but like he didn't look the same after the ACL and all that. I I do think it's true. But I think with this year and COVID and him having time off before this year, I think he has hope in Indianapolis still. Yeah. But, um, 
Yeah, that's I appreciate where I'm at. Just want to put my two cents in. Thanks right, for taking thanks. the call. Of course, man. Thank you for calling in. Yeah, I, I, I think there's a chance for Carson Wentz to succeed in Indianapolis. Um, and you know, I, I mean, yeah, you know what? I will probably root against them because I don't like when guys quit on the city and and. Um, you know, and, and it's disappointing. It is um, that it ended this way. Uh, but, you know, I, I do think Carson Wentz has an opportunity to succeed. I mean, he's with Frank Reich. You know, he, he obviously um, thinks Frank Reich is going to cure all his problems. And, and who knows? Maybe it will. Uh, but I think Carson Wentz needs to be really introspective here um, about what went wrong and what role he played in it. Uh, because it, it wasn't all him, but it, a lot of it was him. I'd say the majority was him um, in terms of how he's handled everything over the last few years. Uh, and that's something we'll we'll examine later on. Um, but, yeah, I think Carson Wentz needs to really evaluate himself in a lot of different areas going to Indianapolis uh, to make sure what happened in Philadelphia uh, doesn't happen again because his relationship – by the end, wasn't good with anybody. I mean, it wasn't good, you know, with the front office. It was not good with his teammates. It was not good with his coaches. And uh, that's not what you want out of your franchise quarterback. Let's go to Phil and Marlton. What's up, Phil? Hello. What's up, Phil? Yeah. Um, I'm glad the Carson Wentz thing is over with. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just tired of hearing about it, hearing about it, just like everybody else. Uh, as far as uh, Doug getting fired, I didn't like that. I thought he was a really good guy. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, the Phillies and horse racing coming up. Horse racing? What, what, what's the horse race you're in on, Phil? Uh, I'm not familiar with this guy. I don't pay attention to the, the three big ones. Yeah, well, you know, Kentucky Derby's coming up, and I'm watching some of the prep races in the uh, – Louisiana and Florida and nice. uh, Arkansas, and I, I just look forward to it. It's a time of change. We got to get rid of this snow and boom and move on. I'm with you, Phil. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for the call. We definitely got to get rid of the snow. I, I mean, I you know I, I was complaining about it yesterday, uh, but I'm just tired of this. It's it's, it's getting insane at this point, where it, it's like twice a week. It's supposed to snow again later today. Um, it's it's just frustrating. It's 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 annoying. Uh, do you know constantly have to have to shovel? I mean, did you like snow as a kid. What's that? Did you like snow as a kid? Uh, yeah, I like snow as a kid. I don't like like snow. So as now an you're adult. the grumpy adult who's got to like you know clear everything off and everything. Yeah, and, that's that Dan Wilson, to... my producer, by the way. Sorry. But, yeah. yeah. So no, look, I still like I like it. Looks cool the first few days, but the the maintenance that comes with it is annoying. Yeah. Into adult life. Yeah, I'm tired of it. I don't like seeing it around. And I, we're paying for it because we got virtually none past few winters, I think it is. Definitely not last winter. I don't think the winter before we had much either. Right. It's yeah. like we're making up for it, you know. It's just to go along with COVID and everything else. If you're going to be trapped in your house, most people anyway, you might as well put some snow on the ground. Ah, I disagree. I, I don't. I, I'm not a big fan. The, the uh, weather this week was really wacky, though. Like, Texas was colder than upstate New York, mm-hmm. like, across the country. Just weird. The, the whole, you know, the whole world's just collapsing on itself. It's. Very, very strange. Yeah, it's uh, definitely been odd weather lately. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494 if you want to join the show. What's your thoughts on the Carson Wentz trade? Uh, I think it's a good trade for the Eagles. And, you know, you can criticize Howie for for a lot of things, and a lot of it's warranted. Um, But 
He deserves credit for this because there was not much of a market out there, and he was able to get the Colts bidding against themselves, and in the end was able to get a third-round pick and what will likely be a first-round pick next year. Um, I think that's a pretty damn good return considering uh, you were trading a guy that played like the worst quarterback in the league last year. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. When we get back, um, I do want to play uh, a couple things from Ruben Frank, who joined Rob Ellis a little earlier on. By the way, check out Rube's piece on NBC Sports Philadelphia, uh, talking about where he believes the Carson Wentz uh, thing turned in Philadelphia. Um, but uh, a great piece on NBC Sports Philadelphia, and, and as I said, Rube joined Rob earlier on. So uh, I want to let you hear uh, some of the things Rube had to say coming up. 215-592-9494. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP, I'm Tom Kelly. Uh, As uh, you just heard, you can vote on the 94 WIP awards. 94WIP.com slash awards last day to vote. We'll get back to that next week, obviously. Too much other stuff to get to. Uh, So no WIP awards on the show tonight. No social media gripe tonight. We have too much to get to in regards to the Carson Wentz trade. And, um, you know, discussing it so far and the fact that, you know, even though it's fashionable and very popular, bash Allie Roseman. Uh, I think you got to give him credit for this one. Uh, in a situation with a asset uh, quarterback that really nobody wanted to, aside from the Colts, um, he created a market and I thought got very good return. Uh, so I give him credit for that. Um, but, you know, as we look at this situation, we'll get back to the phones in a couple minutes here, but I need to get to some of the things Ruben Frank had to say on with Rob Ellis earlier. Because as we look at how it got to this point, there are several factors that you can look at. You can point to the front office. You can, you know, look at their missing on wide receivers, which has been an issue, um, obviously. The coaching, not putting Carson Wentz in the proper position to succeed, which a lot was made out of that last year as far as the play calling. And how things went wrong. It's just crazy how we have gotten to this point. You can look at the Nick Foles factor and how that plays into everything. But, you know, as I mentioned, Ruben Frank wrote a great piece on NBC Sports Philadelphia, and you can check it out right now, where he thinks it all went wrong for the Eagles. And he joined Rob Rob Ellis um, a little earlier around midnight to discuss. And I was listening to it uh, on my way in, And, you know, it's very interesting perspective on things uh, from somebody who knows the Eagles very well in Ruben Frank. And uh, here was uh, Rube earlier on where he thought the turning point was for Carson Wentz uh, in Philadelphia. It was it was when they drafted Jalen Hurts. I think I think that really set the wheels in motion for what happened today. And I think it was um, at that point. Uh, I don't think there was anything anybody could have done to salvage the relationship. And, you know, I know everybody makes the comparison. Well, Aaron Rodgers, they, you know, they drafted Jordan Love. And, well, you know, Aaron Rodgers isn't Carson Wentz. And he reacted the way that you would hope a quarterback would react. And, and a competitor, he, you know, he kind of was motivated by it and had an MVP season. Uh, Carson's a different kind of guy. You know, he's he's – I don't know if fragile is too strong a word, but he's, you know, not um, his personality. I mean, he's, he's a sensitive guy and um, it really affected him and we saw it. And 
I don't think that was the only thing, but I, I certainly think that he felt betrayed by the organization when they when they drafted Hurts. And, I mean, I think there's clearly something to that when you look at the way Carson Wentz played this year. And there's so much in there that I just I find ridiculous. And, you know, this is where I you got to put the blame on Carson Wentz. I mean, the fact that he felt betrayed, that the team would draft another quarterback is – is beyond insane. I mean, this is not anything. This is not anything new. Like Rube mentioned, Green Bay just did it. I mean, the New England Patriots did it to Tom Brady five years ago. They drafted Jimmy Garoppolo, and what did Tom Brady do? He went out and and he had another Hall of Fame career on top of his two previous Hall of Fame careers. This is something that happens, and the Eagles doing something that they feel is best for their organization. I mean, it, it, for Carson Wentz to look at that as a betrayal. And, you know, I don't think that fragile is too strong a word. Um, I think fragile is the perfect word to describe Carson Wentz. And, you know, if if that's something that he truly couldn't handle, it's a little competition, a little pressure, uh, that's a major concern as somebody that you're building around as your franchise quarterback. Here's more from Rube on uh, Carson Wentz and his personality. He had just gotten this huge contract. Um, I think he's a guy that needs to be, you know, told all the time, uh, you know, you're the guy. You are the guy. You're the man. Uh, That's just his personality. And, you know, for for good or bad. And uh, he he took it as a personal betrayal. And I think he did not handle it well. But I, I also think the Eagles should have known you know, they'd been around Carson for four years at that point. They should have known how he was going to respond. And I remember Howie, I think he was on, I think he was on with Ange the next morning after that pick when he, and we talked to him after the, after the, after the pick and he said he had talked to Carson, but he wouldn't expound on it. But he told Ange, you know, Ange gets, gets stuff out of people. And he, he told Ange, you know, yeah, Carson was upset. He was disappointed. And for Howie to, 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 uh, you know, to reveal that, I, I thought it was really something else um, for, for Carson to tell him that and how he to reveal it. Yeah, and, and you know, Rube's obviously referencing the interview that Howie did with Angelo, and we'll, we'll play that sound in, in, in a little bit um, when we look back at the Jalen Hurts pick because, you know, I, I thought Howie was pretty out front about it. And, you know, if there was a mistake the Eagles made, it was that they – didn't think this was going to affect Carson Wentz, that maybe they didn't know the player's personality as well as they should have. But, you know, that's, I think, showing confidence in your franchise quarterback that that he's a franchise quarterback. And, you know, the Eagles had no, you know, in my mind, had no belief that Jalen Hurts was going to come in here and that Carson Wentz was going to view him as that much of a threat. And that is not entirely the Eagles' fault. I mean, you've got to know the player, but if you have a guy you truly believe in as your franchise quarterback from a physical and mental perspective, you are not expecting him to fall apart by having because he now has a, a, a competent backup. And, you know, here's more on that uh, from Rube when he talks about the dynamics of Jalen Hurts and Carson Wentz and Carson Wentz uh, seemingly need him, needing a backup behind him who is not a threat. You know, he he was just affected by it, and um, you know we could see it. He I, he just 
And I think there were other factors. I think there are other reasons he didn't play well. I understand he didn't have good receivers. He didn't have a good old line. They were all hurt. Um, Doug didn't do a great job calling plays this year, never ran the ball. Uh, but Carson just wasn't right either. And, and we all saw it. And I, I look back to April 29th, I think it was, when, when Jalen Hurts was the 53rd pick in the draft. And I think that's where it all you know, that's where it all went. You know, he, he, he likes having Nate Sudfeld or Nick Foles backing up. You know, guys, he's uh, – I mean, he he wasn't threatened by Nate Sudfeld, certainly. Sure. Maybe he, by the end he was by Nick after what happened in Minneapolis. But uh, he just did not – you know, it was just a bad dynamic with Jalen when, when he got here, and, and Carson never recovered. And, you know, I look at that as another reason for why I am – I'm confident – uh, that the Eagles are going to be better for moving on from Carson Wentz. I, I really do. Um, because if you have a, a franchise quarter, a starting quarterback, a franchise quarterback, who is that negatively affected and that thrown off by the team drafting a guy at his position who can play, uh, a guy who is not just there to be fully supportive of him like a Nate Sudfeld, then that's not a franchise quarterback anyway. And, um, you know, I, I wonder what the Colts are going to do with that position. Uh, you know, I wonder if they are going to go out of their way uh, to have a guy behind him who is not threatening in any way um, because, obviously, uh, that is something that really bothered Carson Wentz. And uh, I want to know if you agree with, with Ruth's perspective there. Do you think the, the drafting of Jalen Hurts, was that the turning point? Was that – what really caused this complete disintegration of the Carson Wentz era in Philadelphia. And do you fault the Eagles for making the pick? I mean, I might fault them for not knowing the psyche of their player well enough, but I don't fault them for making the pick. And I bl- I didn't like the pick at the time, but I didn't like the pick at the time because I was confident in Carson Wentz. And I thought, you know, they could have used those those picks in other areas, but seeing what we saw this year, Changed my mind. And, uh, you know, this team is in a much better position now having Jalen Hurts on the roster than they would be had they not made the pick because I think uh, there's a chance that things go the exact same way with Carson Wentz and you're sitting in this exact same situation except Nate Sudfeld's the only quarterback on your roster right now. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. I see Weave is there, and we were wondering about Weave uh, because, you know, he hadn't called in in a, in a little while. We were a little worried about him. What's up, Weave? Everything okay down in Delaware? Yeah, everything's okay, man. You know, I just kind of chilled out uh, for a All little right. bit. But, um, well, well, I just want to make sure. I, I, I didn't know whether, you know, I, I, you know I, I was waiting on the trade too, you know. Yeah, you don't want to you don't want to blow all your takes before the trade uh, actually happens, right? <laughs> okay, okay. What, 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 what? You took exception I'll, I'll to that? I'll go with that. I'll go with that. All right. But um, you know, I mean, I mean, I thought what he did was pretty intelligent. Um, when he, you know, when when he didn't start that game, I um, I think another caller called in and said the same thing. Um, when they took him out the lineup, um, it's like he got his feelings hurt, you know? It's like, hey, well, you know, I'm not the number one guy, so guess what? So then you took, so you think we've – when he got benched, yeah. you think is, is what ended it here? Yeah, 
when he got benched, he said, well, look, and uh, he, he must have a really good agent because they already paid him. <laughs> he already got paid, you know. I, this is the way I'm looking at it. You know, I mean, he's not going to take money out of his own pocket, you know what I mean, to try and come in there and, you know, and uh, be uh, the quarterback, you know, that he once was. Um, and it, there was a lot of factors involved. And I know how he, you know, how he was the one that kind of orchestrated that deal. But um, I thought he was kind of smart to just stay back. And he never said nothing. He never said, well, you know, you know, I, I would love to be in there with you guys. You yeah, know well, I mean? I mean, in the end, he he got his way, Weave. So I guess you can uh, you can say that he handled it well. I still think he handled it um, immaturely. I, I do. I think the Eagles tried to salvage a relationship. I think, um, you know, if Carson Wentz was truly a competitor, he would have, you know, said, you know, this is my franchise. I am still the quarterback. I want to come back and make it work. But you know, he decided he wanted to run to Indiana- Indianapolis, and and that's his choice. I think there was a lot of other people that was telling him, you know, to do this and do that. And and, and also I think that when they made that trade, when they when they when they, you know, made the when they when they picked up uh uh Jalen Hurts, you know, in, in a second round pick and they, they didn't really they did not really give him, you know, the type of offense that he could really be effective in, you know what I mean? Uh, the and Eagle think, with with Wentz, I don't know. I, you know, I, they they certainly didn't do a great job last year. Nah, and well, um, you know, and I think you guys did a great job, man, of covering everything. And um, you know, I'm still over at the Walmart. <laughs> well, there you go, we Thank you for giving it. You got got to give us the Walmart <laughs> shout out. Thank you for getting that in there. All yeah, right? and um, you know, yo, let's. Um, but what I don't understand, one right. thing I don't understand is why they're not blowing up um, Hurts to be the quarterback. And guess what? Um, what? They have the sixth pick. I mean, they do. They think, do. Man? Yeah, they could get another quarterback. Really? You know what I mean, that's a wow. That's and, an interesting um, take. You know, so I, I'm on board, man. But you know, I'm just a little bit confused. And um, you know, I just listen to you guys, and I think you guys are doing. A fantastic job, man. I think I think WIP has got to be the best daggone radio station, you know, on on the East Coast. Well, I will I, not I, I will not disagree with that one bit, Weave. I appreciate <laughs> it, man. Thanks for the call. All right, man. Take it easy. Good hearing from Weave. We were a little worried about him uh, last night. You know, it, it had been a few days, uh, but Weave, you know, he's saving he he's saving his takes for the trade to go down. I respect that. Um, so it, it was nice to hear from Weave, and yeah, the Eagles have the sixth pick, and they could take a quarterback. I mean, that is that that is some some deep insight, and something we'll we'll discuss a little further uh, later on. Got to hit the break here. Stephen Tampa, Mike DC, Mike in South Philly, Eli, all you guys. We will get to everybody um, as we are discussing the Carson Wentz trade. A lot of stuff to get to um, surrounding it throughout the course of the night, and we will get to all of it coming up. I'm Tom Kelly in for Big Daddy Graham, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly in for Big Daddy Graham on a Friday morning. Dan Wilson producing the show tonight. If you want to get in, 215-592-9494 is how you join. Uh, Still a number of things uh, of as far as the fallout to this trade, 
um, that we need to get to throughout the course of the show. Uh, we'll look at Carson Wentz's legacy in Philadelphia a little later on. It's complicated. It is, because nobody can ever deny the fact that he was extremely important uh, to the team winning the Super Bowl in 2017. I mean, they wouldn't have. I'll say it flat out. I mean, they would not have won the Super Bowl uh, if not for Carson Wentz. That is indisputable. And he was um, a key factor. He was the driving force, at least in the regular season, to that team's success. Um, but it is complicated after what's happened the last couple of years and really this messy ending in which I think Carson Wentz handled things horribly. I mean, there's really no other way to put it. From the Jalen Hurts pick uh, to now, um, he's made himself into a villain, and he's brought that on himself. Uh, so we will look at that a little later on. We'll get to some of the Howie Roseman sound from right after the Jalen Hurts pick, which I find to be really telling because I don't think the Eagles saw this, you know, uh, affecting Carson in this manner. I truly don't. Um, yes, yeah, sure, that's a misevaluation on their part as far as knowing the psyche of your player. Um but I also think it, it spoke to the confidence that they had in Carson Wentz. Uh, so we'll get to that as well. But starting off, just talking about what do you think of the return? I mean, I think it's a great trade for the Eagles, considering there was no market. Because you look at it, and the reporting now is, you know, the Bears were kind of on the periphery of this thing. They were, you know, kind of monitoring it from afar. And Howie Roseman, for all his flaws, I, I've told you for the last couple of weeks, I was confident that how he was going to get good return here because this is what he does well. I mean, getting value for assets that seemingly don't have much value is his best quality. And Carson Wentz is a quarterback who, judging by the market, obviously was not valued highly by really any organization other than the Indianapolis Colts. Howie Roseman created a market out of thin air, was able to get a third-round pick, a conditional second-rounder next year that certainly seems likely if Carson Wentz stays healthy um, to convey to a first-round pick. And that is that is really good value. And you look at the AFC with how good that conference is. I mean, Carson Wentz stays healthy. There's no lock that's a playoff team. That could be a, a mid-first-round pick. That could be very valuable um, next season. So I think it's a great return. I think Howie did a tremendous job getting the best value possible for this trade. So I want your take on that. And um, off of Ruben Frank's piece on NBC Sports Philadelphia, I'll keep uh, mentioning it because it was a great one. You should go read it. Uh, but Rube thinks this all dates back to the Jalen Hurts thing. As far as that being the moment where Carson Wentz soured on the Eagles organization and this relationship was broken ever since that point, do you agree? And do you fault the Eagles? for making that pick, would things have ended differently had they not selected Jalen Hurts? I think it affected Carson, but I'm not sure this thing ends any differently if the Eagles don't make that pick. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Let's go to Steve in Tampa. What's up, Steve? Good morning. Good morning, Steve. Can you tell me why the Eagles have to take a $30 million cap hit? Uh, it's the way the contract was structured, Steve. I think... The Eagles' plan heading into this offseason was uh, they were going to restructure Carson Wentz's deal, uh, open up cap space for this year. I mean, they didn't anticipate moving on from him at this point. So uh, I think, uh, you know, it was a, a misjudgment, a miscalculation. But 
Um, I, I also find it kind of hard to fault them, uh, considering nobody saw this coming. I know nobody saw it coming, but don't you think it's sort of a hard uh, for an organization to take a thirty million dollar hit? Is that an NFL rule? It's it's an NFL record, yeah. It's it, it's part of how the contract is structured, and yeah, it's, nobody's taking a cap hit this large. Um, it speaks to how much the Eagles felt like this divorce was necessary, and how unwilling Carson was to to make things work here. Hmm. All right, I, I was just wondering because I, I hadn't heard a team take that big of a of a, of a cap. No, in a never while. happened. Never happened before. Never happened. No, this is the highest ever. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Well. I guess it's one of those unfortunate, unseen things that you didn't expect. Um, but, you know, if you have a sensitive quarterback, um, I don't think – I don't know how he's going to do it in Indianapolis. I hope he does okay. But if you have a sensitive quarterback who's going to get uh, upset over every little move that's made, maybe he doesn't belong with the Eagles. Um, uh, do you know how um, in the uh, – how uh, Carson Wentz was in the um, uh, in the uh, clubhouse? I mean, judging by the stories that have come out, Steve, uh, not he was not a very good leader. I mean, that's really? uh, I that's not my reporting. I'm going off Jeff McLean, Joe Santa Liquido. There, are, I mean, a number of stories uh, detailing Carson Wentz and. You know, his lack of leadership, his uncoachability, um, his issues in the locker room. So, yeah, I, I think um, certainly he was not a great locker room guy. So, I guess between being sensitive uh, and all that, I mean, it, maybe it was just too much for the kid. I mean, he's not hes not an old person, but he's, he's still, you know, evidently he's sort of a juvenile inside his mind. And I guess with all the injuries and everything, I think that's why the Eagles drafted her of the injury. I mean, he had a concussion. He had lay. I mean, the, the guy almost got injured almost every year. Yeah, no, no. Um, he, he did get injured, I mean, most years. I'll, I'll say this. The last two years he was healthy. I don't hold, like, the concussion as an, you know, injury-prone thing. I think that was a cheap shot. But early yeah. in his career, um, he dealt with those injuries. And honestly, Steve, I think it made him a, a lesser player. I don't think he's the same player physically that he was in 2017. I don't, I don't think he's a physically or mentally. No, I agree. Uh, now, so. uh, in, the, in the upcoming draft, um, there's six. Um, would you see them if I know you had mentioned about a quarterback? Would they draft up to get a quarterback again? Would they trade up? I mean, I think if they if they're in love with one of these guys, I, certainly, yeah, certainly, I think you got to consider it, no doubt. And which quarterback would you uh, most likely draft up to get? You know what, Steve? I haven't looked deeply into into it enough yet. I appreciate the call. I mean, the guys that would likely be there: Zach Wilson from BYU and Justin Fields from Ohio State. Like, we don't know how many are going to go in the top five. Just look at the history and, you know, the way these guys are viewed. I would assume all three, and Trevor Lawrence obviously viewed by many as the top guy, even though apparently it's not a consensus that some people view Wilson um, ahead of him. I I don't think that's many people. Uh, But, you know, I'd expect Lawrence to go one. Um, Fields and, and Wilson you know, it, it depends on what the teams ahead of you think of them. I think it's more likely that they are gone by the time the Eagles pick, but 
there's no lock. I mean, we got to see what the Jets do. Maybe the Jets, with their new coaching staff, maybe they want to move forward with Sam Darnold. Uh, and they want to use that second pick on the offensive tackle from Oregon or go in a different area. Um, so that could be a spot where a quarterback doesn't go. Uh, you know, the Dolphins have the third pick. I don't anticipate them taking a quarterback. Um, Atlanta at four. Uh, you know, I, I think they are certainly in the mix. Uh, you know, Matt Ryan's still there as of now. Who knows if he could get dealt uh, and maybe they'd look at a quarterback. Um, but we'll see. And, and you know, I think the Eagles certainly, I talked about it last night, they need to consider one because I liked what I saw from Jalen Hurts at the end of the year. I did. I thought um, he did some very nice things. But by no means can I be sold on him after, uh, you know, just four-plus games at the end of the season. I liked what I saw, but I can't tell you beyond a shadow of doubt, I'm ready to commit to Jalen Hurts as my franchise quarterback, and if the Eagles' front office is in love with Zach Wilson or Justin Fields, you got to consider taking them if they're there. Uh, let's go to Mike in D.C. What's up, Mike? Yeah, how you doing, uh, Tom? How's it going, man? Yeah, um, yeah. Um, you you had a caller. I wanted to like get to some some points, but you had a caller that said, um, you know, he was going to root against the Eagles and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's he's not. He's I, not. Yeah, that's I, not I, I I I I can see his point because, to be honest with you, I did the same thing with the Sixers last year. Like, like when when I won, me and uh, Big Daddy Graham, we had a common bond. We could not stand Brett Brown. Okay, and, <laughs> Big and Daddy. Was, Big Daddy hated Brett Brown. You, I mean, I didn't want to use that word. Well, no, I d- disliked very word. strongly. I don't want to put words yeah, yeah. in Big Daddy's mouth. Yeah, yeah I, I, we couldn't stand Brett Brown, and, and for me, it all went back to when the year we won ten games, and he kicked that ball in Houston when it looked like we was about to knock off the Rockets late, late in that game. He got a technical, and the Sixers ended up losing that game. You got a you better. Know, I didn't. You got a better memory than me, Mike. I don't even remember. Oh, I, I, I never forget that. I never saw a coach kick, kick a ball. And get a technical, and then you know to lose the game. I mean, I, I just I just never seen it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, uh-huh. that will stick in my in my mind forever. Um, and 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 I, I was so done with him. You know, after they blew out the Bucks on Christmas Day, 2019, I gave them one more chance, and they went back to playing the same way they did under Brett Brown. I, I was done in like early January. I tuned the Sixers out. You know what I'm saying? And then in the playoffs, I didn't think they would get swept by the Sixers, but everybody kept saying if they Losing the first round to the Celtics, Brett Brown's going to get fired and stuff like that. I said to my coworker, I hope the Sixers get swept by the Celtics. And you know, us Sixers fans can't stand the Celtics. So for me to even say that, you know, I wanted this guy gone. And I got my, and I got what I wanted. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if some Eagles fans tune the Eagles out because they, because of how they so done with Howie Rosen. I'm done with Howie Rosen. I mean, you said you was happy about the draft pick that they got, but I'm like, okay, what is good? What good is the draft pick if 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 you got an owner who all of a sudden thinks he's a you know a Ernie Acorsi and 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 you and you got a GM who can't pick players. I mean, the Redskins in '99 got the Saints whole draft was coming off of a division title with right. a two-bowl contender, and they didn't do anything no, with them draft I, picks. I get the it. The Browns wasted. Yeah. How many first-round picks have the Browns wasted? Mike, I, I, I get picks? it. I get it, but it's better to have more picks than, than not have, you know, than have less picks. Is that, you know, is that something we can agree upon? Yeah, but it means nothing if you ain't picking good players. That's like having tons of money and then just burning it. 
<laughs> you know, just, just to burn it. You know, I got five billion dollars. I'm gonna take all this five billion dollars and put it in this uh this empty pool. Well, let's put it this it way, Mike. Do you, do you think Jalen Hurts is a good draft pick? Like you said, I mean, but just, so, we but seen you, enough from him. But do you think he's a good draft pick as of now? Yeah, I think he's a solid pick. Okay, so the, the, they're not messing up all these picks. Like, uh, you know, we can look at the at a lot of the high picks that they have missed on, but, you know, you also got Miles Sanders in the second round. You got Dallas Goddard in the second round. I mean, they're um, not squandering all of these picks, and the odds would tell you the more they have, the more they're likely to hit on some of them. Basically what I'm saying is I've been I looked at the, the Eagles' last six drafts. Basically what it comes down to me, and I think a lot of other Sixers fans, I'm not confident. And uh, Ernie Acorsi, that's why I'm going to call uh, Jeffrey Lurie now, Ernie Acorsi, because, mm-hmm. you know, he thinks he's a GM and stuff now. Um, I'm not a, I'm not confident in I'm not confident in Ernie Acorsi or Howie Roseman to actually build a Super Bowl contender again. I think they, yeah, they caught lightning in a bottle in 2017. But this is the same organization, uh, Tom, who wanted to fire Frank Wright after the 2016 season, his first year. Remember that story? Yeah. They wanted to fire Frank Wright, and Doug Peterson had to step in and stop him. No. These guys don't know what they're doing. I have no confidence in these two dudes. I'm sorry. I just don't. I hear you, Mike. No, I I get it, and I appreciate the call, and you're not alone. Um, But, you know, and I I know I'm on an island on this, and and there are a couple other people with me, and that's fine, but – I I think Wentz was the biggest problem, and I'm not like that. That's the way I feel about it. And I'm not defending the draft record. I'm not defending, you know, all these moves that how how he's had a bad few years. There's no doubt about it. But five years ago, the Eagles were in a very similar situation, and he built a a, a championship team very quickly. Now, do I think that's going to happen again that quickly? No. I mean, that was kind of fluky in some ways, but. I don't think Howie Roseman is this completely incompetent executive. I just don't. I don't think you can have the previous success that he's had and be incompetent. And when I look at the 2020 Eagles, if they had gotten standard, average, competent quarterback play, they would have been exactly what I thought they were going to be. I thought going into last year, that was an 8-18. and That was about what I projected the Eagles to be, was 8-8. and And you look at the way the season unfolded. Washington, Cleveland, Cincinnati. Those were three games that you win easily if you just don't get brutal quarterback play. And, you know, I'm not telling you it's a great roster. It wasn't. I'm not telling you the salary cap situation was great. It was not. But I don't think anybody expected that team to be a Super Bowl contender last year, just like nobody expected them to be god-awful. And the reason they were god-awful more than any other was the fact that they had the worst quarterback in the NFL. And now that you get rid of that contract, you start to rebuild, you get draft assets back, I think this is the start of of what is hopefully, you know, uh, the next phase of the Philadelphia Eagles. And, um, yeah, I, I don't think that Howie Roseman is just this completely awful executive. Has he had some bad moves? Has he had some bad years? Certainly. Um, but I trusted him to get value back in this trade, and he did that. I thought he did a nice job with this trade the entire way, uh, despite all the, 
criticism coming from the outside, and I trust him to have this team in a much better situation uh, next offseason. This year coming up, Eagles probably going to take their lumps, um, and they're going to have to. That's what happens when you're paying $33 million against the dead cap. But sometimes you got to take your medicine and move on, and the Eagles made the right decision uh, by doing so. 215-592-9494. Mike in South Philly, you'll be first right after the break. Eli, Dave, see you guys. We'll get everybody in uh, as we continue to break down the Carson Wentz trade to the Indianapolis Colts. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Well, we'll see if he's going to do very well, and that's an interesting uh, uh, offshoot from this, and I'm Tom Kelly filling in for Big Daddy Graham, but, um, you know, and, and shocking, I'm sure, to everybody. I, I was stunned when I saw this. Uh, Dan Orlovsky, very confident in Carson Wentz uh, succeeding with the Colts. I mean, I'm sure that, that just stunned everybody, that the number one Carson Wentz apologist out there uh, is, is extremely bullish on Carson with the Colts, and we'll see. I mean, maybe I'll be proven wrong, and if Carson Wentz has a great year, MVP caliber year, and the Colts are Super Bowl contenders, call back and call me an idiot. I don't see it. I don't see him ever getting back to that level of 2017. Can he get back to 2018, 2019 level? I think that's that that's possible. I don't think that's great, um, but you look at the AFC, I don't, I don't think that Colts team is any kind of a lock to go to the playoffs. I mean, in that division, I don't think they're the the best team. I think Tennessee is better. Um, you know, you look at the East. Uh, Buffalo is 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 very good team. Um, Miami's getting better. New England, I expect to be better. Um, you look at the North. That's a loaded division uh, with three playoff teams. Cincinnati, if they get Burrow back healthy, they will be better. I don't think they'll be a playoff team, but you know. Uh, getting better, and then the AFC West, you know, the Chargers will be better. Raiders have to take a big swing this year, um, and we know what the Chiefs are, and there are only seven playoff spots. I don't, I mean, the Colts were the seventh seed last year uh, with Phillip Rivers, who had a career of success and never had a year anywhere close to the one Carson Wentz just had. So, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I do not echo that sentiment that Carson Wentz is a lock to have success in Indianapolis. Two one five five nine two. Nine four nine four. Let's go to Mike in South Philly. What's happening, Mike? How's it going, Tom? What's going on, man? Yeah, I think um, the return's decent. I, it's about what I expected. Um, you know, probably the beginning of the off season. I never thought that they were going to get two first round picks. I mentioned that you know a couple weeks ago. People were like, "Oh, they can get two first round no. picks and you know Roquan Smith." I was like, "Good day." You know, that wasn't going to happen. Yeah, that was. Um, I love the the Bears rumor, which was just totally. You know, it seems, you know, fabricated at this point. But, yeah, I thought around two seconds was probably, and you know, a first and a third or, you know, it was about the same kind of same similar as value. So I think it was decent. Um, it's just unfortunate that the whole, you know, the whole dark cloud of, uh, you know, everything that led to this point is what's always going to hang over, you know, where, where, where the Eagles are as an organization now. And it's funny because. I saw so many sentiments on social media saying, you know, people saying, I can't believe it got to this point. I can't believe it got to this point. And I'm like, I, I actually think the Doug Peterson thing was more surprising and appalling to me. Like, you know, I, I think the fact that, like, I think you can make a, a, many more cases to get rid of Carson Wentz than you could have for Doug Peterson. Uh, do you agree with that? Oh, yeah, abso- absolutely. And I think that was a, uh, I think that was a mistake by the Eagles to fire Doug. Oh, yeah. I mean, but this one of the things that um, I read was Adam Schefter apparently said that 
Carson Wentz felt similarly about the Eagles as Deshaun Watson does to the Texans, and he was just totally done here. He told them there's no way he's coming back. And I'm like, whoa, 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 hold on a second. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. No, no, they're I, not I, even remotely comparable. Like no. the Texans at this point are doing things to spite Deshaun Watson. They have a nut job running their organization in Easterby. Um, they're like firing is like, you know, they're getting rid of like, you know, uh, strength and conditioning coaches that he liked and people who's close with the organization. The Eagles bent over backwards to do right by Carson Wentz. Now, they failed, in, they failed in, in the end result by, like, you know, they tried to get him weapons and they didn't draft well. But it's not like they did anything, you know, to spike Carson Wentz. And drafting Jalen Hurts isn't to spike Carson Wentz. Look, I think the pick was bad. I still think it's bad. But if they feel that they have to kind of have a backup plan in case Carson Wentz doesn't recover from injury, then they owe, their, you know, they owe it to themselves to do that. If Carson Wentz can't handle that, that's not the Eagles' problem. No, I agree, Mike. And when you compare, that is so irritating just to hear that that Carson Wentz looks at the Eagles the way that Deshaun Watson looks at the Texans. And I know you are a guy that you have your issues with the with Howie and Jeffrey Lurie, and, and understandably so. But I mean, to compare that what's going on here to the dysfunction in Houston is completely ridiculous. Yeah, not even not even remotely. No, close. I mean it's just so absurd. And uh, but it is like, isn't it weird though? Because like, once is a guy like, usually when people have an issue, like, and things kind of break off with an organization, usually they're vocal about it. Like Deshaun, or Carson Wentz has never said a damn thing. Like, so all this stuff is coming through like back channels. It's it's very odd the way this whole situation played out. Uh, you know, you know what the elephant in the room is now. You know, because you know now everybody's talking about quarterbacks and all that. The one elephant in the room, Tom, that nobody's talking about is. We still don't know if Nick Sirianni can coach. Like no. we don't know if he's the guy who can who can develop quarterbacks. We don't know if he's the guy that can put quarterbacks in a position to succeed to scheme up an offense. We have no idea if he's, he could be the greatest coach in the world. He could be horrible. We have no idea. So like when people talk about like oh how, you know is Hurts going to be the quarterback next year? Are they going to draft somebody? Well yeah, those are great questions. But even if regardless of that, we don't know if whatever they do, if they're going to be able to get the best out of them because we don't know how, what to expect from Sirianni yet. Right. And, you know, for a parent, and what's so funny about all this, Mike, is, you know, they hire Sirianni apparently because Frank Reich holds him in such high regard. Well, look at the Colts coaching staff now. So your coaching staff was so bad that you had to blow out Doug Peterson. Well, who does Frank Reich basically – replace Sirianni with but press Taylor he's got Mike yeah. Grow on his staff out there there are more coaches from the Eagles Super Bowl team now on the Indianapolis staff than on the Philadelphia staff so I don't understand what went through that hiring process where you're gonna hire Sirianni based off his relationship with Reich when Reich thinks very highly of the coaches that you wanted to get rid of yeah and so we're like the organizations are swapping like one one is swapping players other it's swapping weird. coaches it's, it's just so it's so weird it's so weird um now, like, I think um, th- there's a scenario. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, there's a couple things. I, I want to bring up one scenario to you, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, because obviously, you know, the draft pick's conditional. Um, so say in a hypothetical sense. Now, this isn't likely. Like, if Carson Wentz plays really well, then they're, they're probably going to be a good team. They're probably going to win 10 or 11 games. But just hypothetically, say Carson Wentz plays well for them. Not 2017, but say, like, you know, he plays decent. And Better than 2018-19. Yeah. yeah. But for whatever reason, they're not having a good year. Maybe they have a rash of injuries. Maybe it's just one of those years where they lose a lot of close games, whatever. And say, like, you know, with, like, three games to go, they're, like, four games under 500. 
do they bench Wentz to get him under that threshold to keep the pick, but risk losing him psychologically? Because if he's playing well and they bench him, you know Carson Wentz is going to take isn't it going to take kindly to it? How right. do the Colts how do the Colts handle that? Maybe like, I I don't think I don't think teams generally think that way, Mike. I really don't. And you know I'm I'm in the minority here, but I do think the Sudfeld thing, Week 17 with the Eagles, I think that was a Doug decision. I don't think that was a front office driven thing. Um, and I don't think teams generally think that way. I think they keep playing once. Right, right. Um, now, here's the, the other thing. People said, uh, okay, you have to bring in somebody to compete with Jalen Hurts. Not necessarily. Like, if the Eagles decide that Jalen Hurts is going to be the guy for next season, first of all, they've pretty much already admitted they're not going to compete next season. So, like, you should not – like, I'm all in, Tom, on a total rebuild. I've said that before. I am completely – I would be fine if the Eagles went 0-16 next year. I honestly, I honestly believe that. I would be totally fine with that. Like, I am fully on board. If they want to commit to, like, a Sixers-level rebuild, now, obviously, that doesn't typically happen in the NFL, nor does it have to because you can rebuild quickly in the NFL. But, it, you know, in a hypothetical sense, if the Eagles decided they didn't want to go that route, you know, maybe take a step back for two to three years, get a few top five picks, maybe a few, a two, a few uh, top ten picks, I would be totally fine with it if that's the route they wanted to go. But at least for next year, though, I don't think anybody, no matter how much of a homer you are, even the biggest homer, would you agree that they don't think the Eagles are going to compete next year, right? Uh, I wouldn't think so, but but I'll say this, Mike. In this division, I don't think anything's out of the realm of possibility. Like, I mean, for a Super Bowl, like, yeah, no, 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 for a yeah. Super Bowl, no, right? No. You're not going, yeah, you're not going to look at the Eagles as a legitimate contender. But but do I think they can compete for an NFC East championship? Probably not, but I wouldn't say it's impossible. So if if they what I'm getting at is if they decide that they do they want to ride with uh, with Hertz you know for next season I would give him the whole year like I don't want to bring in a veteran quarterback who can you know unseat him because what would that accomplish right they already admitted that they're not going to be competing next year for for anything special anyway so like so what are you going to do like midway through the season if Hertz is struggling you're going to bench him for Ryan Fitzpatrick like that doesn't accomplish anything like the Eagles are, are the goal of the Eagles right now is to be figuring out who you have long term right so like uh, you know, they can bring in a backup or a veteran all they want, but I think if they decide Hertz is the guy, they should give him the entire season. Uh, the I, entire season. I agree, Mike. I appreciate yeah, it, man. Here. Thanks. And I mean, I'll, 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 I'll say it. I mean, I, I think, I think Nick Foles makes a lot of sense. If you're not going to draft a quarterback, yeah, I think Nick Foles as a backup makes a lot of sense. Not to compete with Jalen Hurts, because Jalen, I, I, I'm with Mike 100. percent If you're not drafting a quarterback. You see what you have in Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is the starter. He is your guy, um, and you bring in a veteran backup. And what better veteran backup to bring in? Because I don't think Nick Foles is going to be back in Chicago. Um, you know, whether Chicago, they're either going to go get a Darnold or a Carr or a Ryan, somebody who can help them compete right now, or they're just going to go another year with Trubisky. But they're not going to go another year with Nick Foles. I don't think Nick Foles is going to be on that roster next year. Probably ends up getting cut. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I think that is a perfectly logical backup quarterback where if you're not drafting a guy, you want a veteran quarterback to come in and help Jalen Hurts, I think Nick Foles at this stage of his career would probably be okay and, and embrace that role of being a mentor to a younger quarterback. Uh, they're both from Texas, you know, so obviously, uh, you know, kind of a, a link there where they've grown up in similar environments. I think maybe that was something with Carson and Jalen Hurts that, you know, 
was a dynamic where Carson, I always thought it was, you know, something to overcome him coming from North Dakota where that's not a place where many of his teammates are, are from and it's just a different dynamic coming from a place like that. Yeah, I think bringing in Nick Foles to be a backup, to help Jalen Hurts along, to, you know, be a guy that he can rely on to help. And, and if Jalen Hurts were to go down, Nick can step in and play. Yeah, I think that would absolutely be a realistic option if the Eagles aren't in love with any of these quarterbacks uh, at the top of the draft. Let's go to Eli in Germantown. Thanks for hanging, Eli. I appreciate it. What's up, Tom? How's it going, man? Ain't nothing, man. Hey, so Carson Wentz, man. Like, I'm so glad this trade happened today. Like, I'm I'm so glad this whole thing is over with. Like, like you were saying earlier, like he he totally quit on us. Yeah. Now, has has the front office made mistakes? Absolutely. Like I saw the I saw the the tape of DK Metcalf's uh, pro day. There's no way I could have watched that tape and picked any other receiver other than him. Right. So right. has Howie made mistakes? Absolutely. But he's hit on a couple picks. It's not like there's been total washouts. And I like Jalen Hurts as a football player, not necessarily a quarterback. And if they decide to ride with him this year, I'm cool with that. But since they got the sixth pick, like if they evaluate Justin Fields and think he's the one, I'm good with that too. But let's not – like if Carson was so shook by Jalen Hurts, let's not act like Jalen Hurts was Trevor Lawrence coming in. Exactly. Like, like when the Eagles took him, everybody thought that was a reach. Right. Like it's and, not like he fell to them. Like no, Eli. <laughs> that's like, what are you doing? That's what's crazy about it is the it is astonishing to me. Like after like they paid you a hundred twenty eight million dollar contract. They have catered to you every step of the way. They fired yeah. Mike Grow because you didn't like Mike Grow. They fired Doug because you didn't like Doug. They have done everything for Carson Wentz, and the fact that he was so you know, shattered and so broken by the Eagles drafting a, a, a quarterback who many, including myself, viewed as a project is is astonishing to me. It really is. Hey, hey Tom, the, the, the year that they signed him to that contract, like, I was looking on the Forbes list, and, like, I don't know, like, what the signing bonus is and all of that, but he was on the sport, he was on the athletes list. Like, he made $66 million that year. So the Eagles have paid him a lot of money. And for you to be that disturbed by Jalen Hurts, it's like, all right, man, you quit. Like, it's not like the Eagles was looking to trade him. Like, he wanted to leave. So, like, could they handle the situation better? Absolutely. But, like, at the end of the day, he the one that wanted to go. Like, I'm I'm an Eagles fan. He he walking out on the Eagles. Right. You can get on, homie. Eli, (laughs) it is so crazy because I see it the same way. And all I'm seeing, you know, hearing people call in and seeing people on social media say, the Eagles are going to regret this. How could they do this to Carson? Do this to Carson. Carson is the reason this is happening. Like, he didn't want to be back here. The whole time. Right. Like, he's throwing a temper tantrum. It's like, come on, dog. Like, they're doing all this for you, and you that worried about Jalen Hurts? I absolutely believe the Eagles would have and preferred to bring Carson back and, and try to fix him. He's the and, one and who I'll, didn't want to be and here. I do with the bringing Carson back. <laughs> right. It, it is crazy, man. It, it really but with is. All this, it's like, all right, well, if you want to leave, then leave. Like, I don't, I don't, wish, I don't wish him no ill will. Right. You know what I'm saying? But, like, I'm an Eagles fan. Like, it's, it's time to move on. I, I, am, I am so with you, Eli. I appreciate it, man. Um, 
but yeah, and I appreciate the call. Good call. And it is so true. Like I, it's the part of this story that it does feel like you're in the twilight zone where why, like what do people don't see about the fact that he doesn't want to be here? This isn't the Eagles quitting on Carson Wentz. This is Carson Wentz quitting on the Eagles. This is Carson Wentz quitting on the city. And the fact that so many people don't see that is astonishing. And Dave, Tony, we'll get you guys when we get back. But I need to play a couple cuts when we return. Uh, From Howie Roseman, and this was right after the Jalen Hurts pick. And it shows that the Eagles did make a mistake with Carson Wentz. They did. Um, they they misevaluated the way he would handle this pick, and, and in the end, the Eagles' main greatest sin in their handling of Carson Wentz was they believed in him way too much. 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Dave, Tony, and then you. We've been pretty jammed up on the phones tonight. But some open lines right now. If you want to get through now, it'd be a good time. I'm Tom Kelly in for Big Daddy Graham, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly. So we continue to break down the Carson Wentz trade to the Colts. If you want to get in, 215-592-9494. And, you know, one of the things we've been looking at is the Dynamic of the Jalen Hurts draft pick and how that's affected all of this, as Ruben Frank wrote on NBC Sports Philadelphia, he thinks that was really the turning point. And, um, you know, I remember talking about it back at the time, and it seemed to be kind of a curious pick. I mean, we thought the Eagles needed a lot of help. We thought they were good at the quarterback position. Why would they select a quarterback in uh, the second round? And, you know, there were theories as to whether – they were just, you know, trying to get stronger backup quarterback, whether there was something about Carson we didn't know. Uh, many people had speculated the concussion was was worse than we uh, originally thought. Um, but I think in general, it was, it was pretty simple. Um, I think the Eagles wanted to be strong at that position, and they saw a, a player – that they liked and you know we've made a lot out of where the Eagles have mishandled this situation and you know where I stand on it I think the blame for this relationship breaking apart falls far more on Carson Wentz's side than it does on the Philadelphia Eagles side um but the Eagles did make a miscalculation into all of this where you know they truly believed in Carson Wentz, and they did not feel like that pick was going to affect him in the negative fashion uh, that it did. And before the show, I'm sitting getting ready, and I, I went back and I listened to some of what Howie Roseman had said, uh, the I think Monday after the Eagles selected Jalen Hurts. Um, or, or it may have been the, 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 yeah, I think it was the Monday after. Um, but... Here was Howie Roseman uh, talking about first uh, what he said to Carson Wentz uh, before the Eagles made that pick. I spoke to him on Friday and told him uh, about some of the guys we were looking at, including Jalen. And, you know, I, I think Carson's an ultimate team guy. Um, do I think he's human and probably would want to do whatever's best for the team this year to help him uh, win another Super Bowl championship? Yeah, probably. 
but uh, I think you saw it in his tweet. He's first class all the way, and he's a team guy all the way. And and I told him that if for some reason we decided to do that, that um, you know we would go in a, in a direction with getting more playmakers around him. Yeah, and I mean the Eagles uh, tried to do that. I'm not going to say they succeeded, but I mean they did try to get playmakers around him. They drafted Rager. They drafted two more receivers. They traded for Marquise Goodwin, who a lot of us forget about because he opted out. Uh, due to the COVID stuff, but the Eagles did live up to that promise. I mean, they tried to surround him. Now, again, I'm not defending the personnel choices they made because obviously they misevaluated uh, some of these players, but it was not for a lack of effort. It was not an organizational betrayal as apparently Carson saw it. And, you know, the Eagles are... Howie Roseman's job and I think this is kind of where the Eagles can be held responsible for creating this environment where Carson started to believe, well, it, it's all about me. And if they're not doing everything for me, then they're betraying me. But Howie Roseman's job is to do what's best for the Philadelphia Eagles. And they decided what was best at that point was you have a quarterback who had not you know, completed the previous three seasons. Now, 2019, the concussion, I don't view that as an injury in the same way the back and the knee were. Like, the back and the knee are legitimate injuries that can linger um, for the future. The concussion was kind of a fluke thing. It was a cheap shot by Jadavian Clowney. We detailed that at length, um, and I wouldn't view that as necessarily injury-prone. But how he went on to discuss, um, you know, why it made sense to select Jalen Hurts in terms of, you know, cost, uh, uh, what it costs to have a good backup quarterback. And the Eagles basically concluded that instead of going out and signing a veteran for above market value each year, it's better to just have a guy in house that you can develop that can play. And they decided that Jalen Hurts was going to be an asset as a backup quarterback for them. But they never saw it as any more than that. And this is where Carson Wentz is at fault for being as mentally fragile about this situation as he was. Um, Because uh, this is in the immediate aftermath of the draft where Les Bowen asks Howie Roseman whether this is going to create a negative dynamic for Carson Wentz. And you can tell by Howie's response, he wasn't worried about that at all. It's like you're kind of setting up the same situation again with a highly regarded quarterback coming in uh, and every incomplete pass that Carson Wentz throws will be, uh, you know, people will be looking at Jalen Hurts. Uh, Why do you want to do that? Well, I I don't agree with that. I think that Carson's a phenomenal player and we think Carson's a phenomenal player and, you know, nobody's going to be looking at a rookie quarterback as somebody who's going to be taking over a Pro Bowl quarterback, a guy who's been on the cusp of winning an MVP. And nobody would have. Like, this was not a situation where the fans and the media, because Carson had a bad game or threw a couple bad balls, people were calling for Jalen Hurts. This was, people started calling for Jalen Hurts after Carson Wentz had had one of the worst seasons we've ever seen from an Eagles quarterback. And, you know, you can tell in that clip how he didn't think this was an issue. He didn't think Carson could ever play this badly. He didn't think there was and he didn't think there was any chance 
that this kind of thing could happen because the Eagles believed in Carson Wentz. They believed in him. And if there was any failure on the Eagles' part and any poor evaluation on their part, it was that they believed too much in Carson Wentz. They believed too much in a guy who was not that good in the end, and they thought he was better than he was, both physically and mentally. Because physically, he's not the same player he was in 2017. That is now evident. And mentally, he was far weaker in the end than the Eagles thought. The Eagles thought that Carson Wentz would be able to handle having a backup quarterback who could actually play. And apparently he wasn't. That's not the Eagles' fault. That, that, that's the fault of Carson Wentz. And um, he's going to have to change the way he views that position, the way he views the people around him, if he's going to succeed in Indianapolis. Because um, I don't think the Colts are just going to bring in Nate Sudfeld or whatever, you know, bum Carson wants behind him uh, so he won't feel threatened. 215-592-9494. If you want to get in, let's go to Dave in Prospect Park. What's up, Dave? Hey, TK. How are you? Not bad. How's it going? I'm good, man. Um, Thanks for Crazy day, huh? Yeah, it, it is. A uh, lot to talk about. <laughs> I can see. My gosh. Well, in the long run, they got the the, the um in the long run, Wentz got what he wanted. He got to go to Indianapolis. That's what he wanted to do in the first place, right? Yeah, uh, that that certainly is how it seems. Yeah, how it seems, right? He didn't want to go to Chicago. He just wanted to stay in, in Indianapolis. But uh, I think honestly, I don't think the Eagles should have got. Uh, basically, they got two number threes for for him. They should have gotten a little bit better than that. Uh, you know, I don't, I, I don't think so, Dave, not based on the way he played last year. Um, you know, not based on, on the contract and, and it's basically, it's a three this year. It's a two next year that could move up to a one. I, I personally think that's pretty good value uh, for a number two pick in a draft. I don't know about that. I mean, considering the way he just played, I, I think, I, I mean, the Colts were apparently the only team that was interested. So that tells right. you, you know, how much value he has. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, in the long run, he got what he wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, what about um, you were saying about Jalen Hurts? What about Tyrod Taylor? He's out there. He could help you out. Tyrod Taylor as as a backup. Sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd look at him. You know, any veteran backup. Um, you know, you're going to need if you're not looking at at drafting a quarterback, which I think they they should at least consider. But right. uh, yeah, I mean, Tyrod Taylor's a guy I'd certainly give a look. I mean, at. He's been in the league a long time. He has reason to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd give a look at him. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Um, real quick, um, going off the Eagles topic, which I'm not an Eagles fan at all, but my topic, I want to go back to the Phillies. Mm-hmm. Should we be concerned about Romita, who just broke his thumb? Yeah, apparently he's going to miss a month, Dave. Uh, he should be ready for opening day. I mean, it's unfortunate, but uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't, you know, it, it's not something that should be a long-term concern. I guess maybe, you know, he, he, he will be set back a little bit and is ramping up. Um, for opening day, but it's not anything that should keep them out long time. I, I am so excited for the Phillies team. I just don't think they have the pitching staff to do it, though. That's what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I they're, they're I think, yeah, I think they're a very similar team to last year, Dave, where I think the offense is going to be pretty good. Uh, right. The pitching staff should be uh, a little better, but uh, I mm. still think they are probably the fourth-best team in the division. I, I, I agree with that. They're third or fourth. Because, I mean, I, I mean, I love – I just don't think the bullpen going to hold up, you know? Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I, Absolutely. And, I, I mean, dude, is Wheeler going to have a good season this year? Can we count on Nola? I don't know. I mean, you tell me. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think I think Wheeler showed some good things last year, and I appreciate the call, Dave. Thanks, man. Uh, Wheeler Wheeler looked good last year. I mean, he was, he was uh, uh, 
one of the better pitchers in the National League. Uh, Nola, I think we overrate Nola a little bit in this town. I think he's uh, he's a good pitcher, but um, you know he has really struggled down the stretch uh, the last few years. And I mean, he was pitching with a chance to get the Phillies in the playoffs last day of the season, and um, really let them down. Let them down the week before uh, in, in Washington. And yeah, I, I think I think Aaron Nola uh, needs to improve for the Phillies to truly have that uh, top one-two punch that they really need to, to carry them through. Uh, let's go to Tony in North Philly. What's up, Tony? Hey, TK. What's up, man? Uh, what's up, man? It's our draft expert, Tony. Yeah, what's definitely. Happening? I got a new draft based on the um, current trade, okay. and they need to get at least a third-round pick for Zach Ertz. If they can't get a third, that's terrible, at least for next year. I okay. don't know if you're getting a third, Tony. I mean, you might be. I think that's that's probably the ceiling on what you get. I think I think a fourth is probably more realistic. Well, this ain't no sal- – I mean, I understand it's a salary dump, but, I mean, Ertz got some stats, man. only thing I don't like about Ertz is he's not a yak tight end. You need to get a uh, – like Goddard, you need another tight end like that, and I, I got one for you. Now, what I'm doing is they cannot – if Jamar Chase is there, you got to grab him. Don't mess around and screw around, Howie. Now, if he's not there, you take Devontae Teller. Now, if he's not there, you trade down and get Waddle. Okay, they can't screw this up. Well, now, if, well, if you like, to, if you want a tight end, Tony, what about a what about Kyle Pitts? You have any interest nah, in him? No, too too early, too early. Okay, and he doesn't overly impress me. Okay, the second round. Now you now I got a name. He might not be there because he might go in the late first round. Jalen Phillips, defensive end out of Miami. All right, I don't know much about him. I got to look deeper into it. A, uh, you were impressed beast. with him? They got him going late first round, but. He might slip to the second round. Now, the third round, you got two third-round picks, right? Now, the first guy they got going off the board for the Eagles is Andre Sisco, safety out of Syracuse. I know you've mentioned him before. Yeah, he's a beast, man. And let me let me tell you something. The, the receiver thing, well, you need to get two receivers. With that second, third-round pick that they got from the Colts, you grab K. Darius Tony, wide receiver out of Florida. He's Deshaun Jackson, part two. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, now, he's got connection to uh, Brian Johnson as well, new quarterbacks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That kid can stretch the field. There you, you go. You got Jamar Chase and K. Darius Tony together. It's a wrap. You're going to have I'm a ton of you. – all of a sudden the Eagles are going to have, have a ton of receivers. Exactly. And all them other guys, are, they practice squad guys, so I don't mind who gets cut. We, they're not good enough. They can't get open. And you don't re-sign Greg Ward, and you don't re-sign the other receiver because he's a, he only had three good games. You know, why does everybody want to re-sign him? It's a reason why he got moved around a couple times, different teams. Okay, now, say like you get a four for Zach Ertz, right? Uh-huh. There's a um, there's a linebacker um, that I want, Quincy Roche, or you can get the um, LSU um, linebacker, um, Jabril Cox. Okay. They will be there. Either one will be in the fourth round. Now, you got two fifth-round picks. Oh. Now, what I'm doing is I think T.J. Carter out of Memphis is going to be there. He's the best corner to me, either T.J. Carter or... Or Asante Samuel, fifth round. Asante okay. Samuel? Yeah, it's, not, it's, it's his son. Oh, my God. That makes you feel old. Oh, my Man, God. Man, listen, that kid played better than his father. Jeez, Tony. Now you're making me feel old. Asante Samuel's son's coming to the NFL? What, watch the tape. Watch the tape. The tape don't lie. 
Watch the tape. Also, T.J. Carter is going to be there in the sixth round. Yeah. This is a guy who totally well, dropped because he put on too much weight. Uh, the safety out of LSU. Well, Tony, I, 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 I got to run. How about you save the sixth and seventh round for next time, all right? Right. All right. Take it okay. easy, Tony. Appreciate it. Dan, Dan, did that not make you feel extremely old? Asante I watched Samuels, Asante Samuel. Asante Samuel's son's coming in the NFL? You know, I actually knew about that because he. Yeah. I had watched some highlights of him on Twitter earlier in the season. No, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Asante Samuel I guess his, uh, Jr. is coming through the ranks. Yeah, I guess. It, well, his last year at the Eagles was 10 years ago. It was 2011, so, uh, yeah. I guess Qu- Quincy Roche, a uh, Temple guy who transferred to Miami, but oh, that was okay. the other name I recognized there. All right. Well, yeah, that just uh, threw me off there with that Asante Samuel. Uh, 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. We have been really jammed up on the phones tonight, though. Open lines now. If you want to get in, uh, now would be a good time. We'll get you up first after the break. Um, Talking about the Carson Wentz trade, we'll kind of reset the table when we get back. And we'll examine Carson Wentz's legacy in Philadelphia because it is a very complicated one. Um, A lot of good. A lot of bad toward the end, um, and uh, we'll get to that when we return uh, and kind of go through how Carson will be viewed in this city uh, as his tenure as Eagles quarterback comes to an end. 215-592-9494. I'm Tom Kelly, in for Big Daddy Graham, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly, in for Big Daddy Graham, on a Friday morning, if you want to get in, 215-592-9494 is how you join the show. Um, talking about Carson Wentz and uh, the trade to the Indianapolis Colts, um, Carson Wentz goes to Indianapolis, and it is the outcome we all expected. In the end, the most predictable outcome ends up being exactly what happened. For all the talk about the Chicago Bears you know, all these other teams, could there be a mystery team? Before I got off the air last night, you know, we opened up the possibility of, of Pittsburgh, and could they get in the mix since they don't seem all that interested in bringing Ben Roethlisberger back? But uh, when it's all said and done, it is the Indianapolis Colts, the team that made the most sense the entire time with Frank Reich and Press Taylor and Mike Grow, even though that Mike Grow situation, that's going to be a little awkward, I think. Um, considering, you know, Carson Wentz probably had a say in Mike Groh being fired at the end of 2019. You know, Doug Peterson wanted Mike Groh back. Uh, and a couple of days later, he's fired. You know, uh, you don't have to look too deeply into it to, to recognize that if the head coach and the quarterback probably want the offensive coordinator back, uh, he's going to be back. Uh, but uh, the the fact that, that he was fired tells you that Carson probably wasn't all that big of a fan. So, That's going to have to be uh, fleshed out when he goes to Indianapolis. But the Eagles send Carson Wentz to Frank Reich and the Colts, and in return, get a third-round pick this season and a second-round pick in 2022 that becomes a first-round pick if Carson Wentz either A, plays 75% of the offensive snaps, or B, plays 70% of the snaps and the Colts go to the playoffs. I think the first one... um, is the more likely scenario here uh, in the loaded AFC. I don't think it's a lock that the Colts are a playoff team um, next year. They were a bo- they were barely a playoff team this year. 
Uh, and I believe they would have missed the postseason had Miami beaten Buffalo uh, in the final week. So um, I certainly don't think that that, that that is a lock, that the Colts have success, um, that they go back to the playoffs. We'll get some of the national reaction in the next segment um, from some of the talking heads out there uh, who are very high on the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, but I think in general, very good return. Um, considering the way Carson Wentz played last season, the fact that, I mean, the Eagles were going to trade him. Everybody knew the Eagles were going to trade him. As much as we talked about bringing him back, I think we all kind of knew that wasn't really a realistic option and that the Eagles were going to end up uh, moving on this offseason. Howie Roseman, for all we bash him, can't bash him for this. He handled this situation beautifully. He created a market when there was none. I mean, in the end, the Colts were the only team seriously interested. Um, you know, you you end up hearing that the Bears were more on the periphery of this thing. They were monitoring it from afar. But they never really, I, I don't think, I don't, I'm not even sure they ever made a formal offer. That stuff that was reported a few weeks ago was just proven to be nonsense. Um, and in the end, Howie Roseman, created a situation where he got the Colts to bid against themselves, essentially. And if the Colts had held out, maybe they could have gotten Carson Wentz for, for less. But, you know, as we spent the last couple weeks ripping Howie for how he's handling this situation and why doesn't he just cave and, and, and take whatever offers out there, uh, he did a nice job here and ends up getting what I feel is a really good return for a quarterback who just had an awful season and a quarterback with a lot of question marks from a physical perspective, from a mental perspective, and from a leadership perspective. So, uh, you know, how he deserves credit for this one, uh, good trade for the Eagles, and I think a divorce that was necessary for both sides. So we've been discussing that. Also, whether the Jalen Hurts pick was the moment where Carson Wentz and the Eagles, where that relationship w was irreparably broken. Um, Ruben Frank wrote about it on NBC Sports Philadelphia, a really good piece uh, detailing how that pick, that selection of Jalen Hurts, really shattered Carson Wentz's faith in the organization. And uh, I think that's ridiculous. I, I really do. Considering in how the Eagles demonstrated their commitment to Carson Wentz in pretty much every way over the last few years. They give him the big contract before they needed to. After a season in 2018 where he wasn't all that great, 5-6 and six that year, uh, suffered a, a back injury that was relatively serious coming off the knee, the Eagles rewarded him. Um, the Eagles tried to build around him. Now, you certainly are well within your rights to criticize the organization for the execution of those picks. You know, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside over D.K. Metcalf, uh, the Andre Dillard selection, Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson. The execution wasn't great, but they were trying to surround Carson Wentz. They were trying to give him the things that he needed. They have catered to him every step of the way the last few years. And the one time that they do something – with the team in mind before Carson's best interest, Carson checks out. So uh, I think the only thing the Eagles misjudged in that scenario 
was believing too much in Carson Wentz and putting too much faith in him. The fact that they didn't think he'd be shattered and broken by the Jalen Hurts pick. That they didn't think that that would ruin him mentally. They believed in him too much from a physical and mental perspective, and that's the only place where I think you can really uh, say the Eagles failed Carson Wentz. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. But uh, I want to examine real quick uh, Carson and his legacy in Philadelphia because it is extremely complicated. It really is. And and I want to know, like, how do you view his career here? Because it is it is really tough. When you look back um, from Carson Wentz getting drafted and the excitement. I remember the excitement when the Eagles traded Sam Bradford and Carson Wentz was going to get his opportunity immediately in 2016. And 2016, there was a lot to like. I mean, the team finished 7-9, and nine, but I thought Carson Wentz as a whole played played very well for a rookie quarterback. You know, it was up and down. Um, but when you consider they played much of that season without Lane Johnson, who was dealing with his uh, PED suspension at the time, um, I, I really liked what I saw from Carson Wentz in many different areas. Comes back in 2017. Uh, and it was the best I've ever seen an Eagles quarterback play in my life. Better than Donovan in 04. Uh, Probably better than Vic in 2010. I mean, Vic was pretty damn good in 2010. Uh, Wentz in 2017 was probably slightly better. And I will always be grateful for what Carson Wentz did in 2017. It was it was short-lived, but it was phenomenal. And if he didn't tear his knee up, this thing may have ended much differently. You know, maybe the Eagles have far more success over the last three years. Maybe the Eagles get back uh, to, if not another Super Bowl, at least a couple deep playoff runs with Carson Wentz. And maybe he is still the quarterback and still the guy that they are building around long term. And, you know, what he did in 2017, that is something that nobody can ever take away from Carson with what he did that season. Because without him, the Eagles don't win the Super Bowl. And I'll be the first to tell you that. They do not win the Super Bowl if Carson Wentz does not do the things that he does in 2017. They are not the same team if Nick Foles is playing the entirety of that season. We know Nick Foles is a streaky guy. When he gets hot, he is as good as any quarterback out there. But um, he's shown that that's not something that is sustainable for longer than, than these kind of short stretches and short increments. And Carson Wentz put the Eagles in a position to get home field advantage and win that Super Bowl. And that will always be a large part of his story in Philadelphia. But there is another part of the story, too. And that's what complicates this legacy so much. And what happened since 2017 is part of the story as well. And what he turned into as a player and as a a person, I don't think is something that you want in your franchise quarterback. And, you know, it's what makes this, this, 
this legacy of Carson Wentz and this, you know, this the way he'll be viewed here is so complicated. And uh, apparently these are things that started a, a long time ago. And I was listening to the morning show um, earlier on this week. I believe it was Monday. Uh, and Marcus Hayes of the Philadelphia Inquirer was on. And um, this was in the offseason leading up to 2018. And this is how far back these things date. But this became a, a player who became ultimately a net negative despite what he did that season on the field. But, uh, you know, we look at the reports and we look at all the things that have happened over the last couple of years and all, all the all the things that have been said about Carson Wentz, whether you want to believe him or not, uh, that's your call. All I'll say is there is, in my mind, way too much smoke for there not to be fire. Um, but here was Marcus Hayes talking about uh, an inquire story they were about to do leading up to the 2018 season. Let me tell you a little story. Okay? Yeah, please. So after please. the Super Bowl, yeah. they won the Super Bowl. We have a meeting in our staff room um, at the Inquirer, and it's the football guys and a couple of columnists, right? And we're, we're discussing how we can further deify Carson Wentz during the summer and at, at, at training camp. And my response to the, to the beat writers and the football guys and the other columnists were, listen, I'm hearing stuff that after Carson got hurt, he was a – not a very good teammate, and he was not a very good employee. Now, you could take that for what you will, but my understanding is that Carson believes that his star has risen to the point that he's unassailable, and he'll do the bare minimum of whatever to, uh, to fulfill whatever responsibilities he has, and he's not very pleasant. Well, how can you say that? I said, well, listen, that's just what I'm hearing. I, got, I don't have an axe to grind with Carson Wentz. I don't like him. I don't dislike him. I just cover him. But that's what I'm hearing. This was in the spring of 2018. So, yeah, I saw this coming a long time ago. Now, I know Marcus Hayes is a polarizing uh, reporter, but he is not a guy that, that makes up stories. He's not a guy that makes up information. And I have no reason to believe uh, that what he's saying there is false. And it just kind of gives you an indication into how far back this actually went. And it makes everything else that came after it make a lot of sense. Because we always point to that Joe Santaliquito story in the Philly Voice. That didn't come till after the 2018 season. This is before the 2018 season. This is pretty much months after the Super Bowl. This is how far back these things date with Carson Wentz. And... As I said, after hearing that and that that was the case and that was what Marcus was hearing at that point, it makes everything that happened after it fall into place and make a lot more sense um, in, 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 when you put it in context. When, whether it's the Joe Santaliquito story that I mentioned and the anonymous sources, um, the Josina Anderson stuff in 2019, which we made a big thing about. I, I hate giving this guy any credit because I do think a lot of what he says is BS. And, um, you know, I don't know how reliable source he is, but the Orlando Scandrick stuff, you know, the uh, fact that Carson Wentz didn't connect with his teammates, the fact that he was difficult and uncoachable, wouldn't run the plays cold, all that stuff that was detailed in the Jeff McLean piece uh, last month. 
the fact that every time he went out of the lineup, his teammates would seemingly play better and seemingly be more inspired with other quarterbacks, be it Nick Foles, be it Jalen Hurts at the end of last season. That's all part of the story of Carson Wentz in Philadelphia as well. And it is sad that in the end it turned out this way. Because in the end, you know, Carson Wentz, I think, will be viewed as a villain more than anything in Philadelphia. And a lot of that is of his own making. And it's a very complicated legacy. As I said, you can never take away what he did in 2017. But in the end, he will be viewed as a villain because he chose to quit rather than fight. And there is, you know, and I think it might have been Marcus who brought it up in his piece, where in Philadelphia, there is no greater sin than quitting on the city. And that wanting, and a guy that wants out of Philadelphia and doesn't want to stay, doesn't want to continue on for the organization and for the fan base. And that is exactly, make no mistake, that's exactly what is happening here. Carson Wentz chose to quit rather than fight, Carson Wentz chose to run rather than stay. The Eagles, I will never not believe that they were open to bringing him back, that they wanted to bring him back. I still believe, I'll always believe it's why they fired Doug. I'll always believe it's why they hired Sirianni. It was to try to mend these fences with Carson Wentz. But in the end, he decided he didn't want to be here anymore. He didn't want to stay and fight for this city. He didn't want to play for the organization, and in turn, he didn't want to play for the fans who have supported him so fervently. And as I see people bash the Eagles for giving up on Carson, I mean, I've heard it all day. I turned on WIP right when the trade happened, and you know, I'm hearing all this outrage about how the Eagles—they're gonna—they're really gonna regret giving up on Carson Wentz. That's not what happened here. It's just not. Carson Wentz quit on the city of Philadelphia. That is what happened. He quit on the fan base. He quit on all of you out there who still support him so strongly. That still, you know, want to believe that he gives a damn about you. When he, he doesn't. I mean, the Eagles tried to smooth this over. The Eagles tried to fix something that was not of their own making anyway. Drafting Jalen Hurts is not something the Eagles should need to apologize to Carson Wentz for. He should have handled it better. And not only does he want to leave, not only does he want to quit, his silence tells you that he doesn't even think you're worthy of a reason why. He doesn't even think you as a fan is worthy of, a, of, of an explanation as to why he wants out. And you know what? I don't think he will ever address it. All of this stuff coming out of the locker room, all this stuff that's been reported, I do not believe Carson Wentz will ever address it. 
I think he will go to Indianapolis, and in his first press conference, he will say, I'm moving on. I am focused on the future. I'm not looking back at the past. And we will always be left with this question as to what exactly happened. And, you know, if it's not Carson's fault, and if it really is an organizational thing where they did something so wrong, well, then I would love to hear from him. I really would. I would love to hear his side of the story here. And, you know, if he wants, you know, anybody to, to, to I think, really take him at face value, he needs to get his side of the story out. Because the way it appears to me, while he stays silent, and doesn't address any of these things. It appears to me like he's quitting. And that when he's met with adversity, he would rather run to a place that it's going to be easier for him. With a coach who is going to to coddle him. Instead of staying in an uncomfortable situation that might be uncomfortable initially, but if you're a true franchise quarterback, you can you can overcome it. But Carson Wentz chose that that's not the route he wants to take. And I, I, I think um, that's a shame, and I think ultimately that will be a bigger part of his legacy in Philadelphia than what he did in 2017. I think he owes an explanation to the fan base as far as what happened here. I would love to hear his side of the story. I really would. Um, and I want to know if you ever think he's going to address it. I don't. Like, I don't think Carson Wentz will ever talk about what went wrong in Philadelphia, whether it was the Hurts pick, whether it was their failure to uh, put the pieces he felt he needed around him, whether it was stuff with Doug. I don't know. And we may never know. And I don't think we will because I don't think Carson Wentz will ever address this. Just like he ran from this situation, I think he will run from giving an explanation Um to people as well. And I think that's a shame more than anything for the fans, for the LTB beers, if you will, that support him so strongly that he doesn't think you are worthy of an explanation for why he wanted to abandon this city. 215-592-9494. If you want to get in, 215-592-9494. If you want to join the show. Uh, there's still uh, several things that I want to get into from the fallout of this trade. When we get back, uh, we will get some of the national perspective on Carson Wentz and how he will fare in Indianapolis. Uh, we will do that coming up next. Um, but I would love to hear from you on on that uh, topic, on the legacy of Carson Wentz. What will stick with you more? What he did in 2017, his role in helping the Eagles win a Super Bowl, or will it be the fact that in the end, when he was faced with that adversity and he was given the choice to stay and fight or, or, or run away from it, that he chose to run and he chose to quit on the city of Philadelphia? 215-592-9494. I'm Tom Kelly in for Big Daddy Graham, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly. In for Big Daddy Graham with you for another uh, few segments here before we talk to Al for the Overlap Show. Interested to get Al's take on the trade. And then obviously Angelo and, and Rhea and Al in the morning show, everybody uh, all together 
uh, for the uh, what is sure to be a very interesting morning show on Friday. Say so. Uh, stay tuned for that and all day as well as we deal with the fallout of the Carson Wentz trade. Uh, but the things we are discussing in regards to it. Um, how do you feel about Carson Wentz's legacy in Philadelphia? Uh, what do you view more, you know, as the lasting legacy? What he did in 2017 and the fact this team doesn't win the Super Bowl without him or the fact that he ultimately became a villain who quit on the city I mean, because that's what happened here. And, you know, this will be turned different ways. The Eagles quit on Carson Wentz, not, not the way it went down. I mean, I think the Eagles wanted him back. I think it's why they fired Doug. I truly do. Um, but Carson Wentz didn't want to deal with the adversity. Uh, he didn't want to deal with the uncomfortable nature of having Jalen Hurts in the quarterback room and having a bunch of guys in the locker room who apparently didn't really like him all that much. Um, and in the end, he decided that he did no that he no longer wanted to be in Philadelphia. And as a Philadelphia athlete, um, I don't think there is any greater sin you can really commit, you know, against the fans than that than quitting on them. Um, so talking about that and also the return of the trade where bash Howie Rosen a lot, rightfully so, um, but can't bash him on this. Howie Rosen got very good value. When you look at the market, there was really no market other than the Colts. Uh, the Bears apparently weren't all that interested. All these teams that need quarterbacks, the Patriots, the Broncos, the Washington football team, the Carolina Panthers, um, all these teams really didn't have any interest in Carson Wentz, and, and Howie Roseman manipulated the market. He created a market basically out of out of thin air, got the Colts bidding against themselves, and likely got a first and a third out of it. So how do you feel about the return for Carson Wentz? I think it was tremendous. 215-592-9494. Let's go to Zach in Birdsboro. What's up, Zach? Hey, how's it going? What's up, man? Long-time listener, first-time caller. Thanks oh. for taking the call. Thanks for calling. Um, yeah, so the way I feel about Carson is, um, let's go back to last year. Every press conference, he kept saying, I got to do better. I got to do better. I got to do better. Yeah, you have guys like Deshaun Watson who, you know, he's not happy with his team. A game after he did bad, he stayed out on the field for hours throwing on the field. Where was Carson doing that ever when he said he's got to do better? I yeah, I mean, I, yeah, Zach, I mean, I, I think, you know, I don't know about his work ethic. I, I, I will say this, though. I mean, a lot of the problems that he had his rookie year, whether it's the accuracy, uh, you know, the, the 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 slow release, like a lot of those things that he that he, that he had back then, I mean, are, are still happening now. And, uh, you know, his lack of improvement in, in a lot of those areas, uh, I think, would be concerning to me if I'm a Colts fan. Yeah, exactly. And as far as coming out to the media or, you know, making any type of statement at all, I don't think Carson's going to say anything. I think he's just going to stay humble, just stay his course and just be glad that he's gone. And uh, as an Eagles fan, you know, that upsets me. But at the end, I was on the, the Hertz wagon as soon as we drafted him. And I'm going to stay on the Hertz wagon and I'm going to uh, hope to God that we can make it back to the playoffs with Hertz. Yeah, I hope so, Zach. And, uh, you know, I, it looks like Jalen Hurts um, will be the guy, but uh, there's also potential the Eagles to draft another quarterback at the top of this draft, so that would make it interesting, too. So, yep, yeah, yeah. Like I said, I just yeah. hope that Hurts makes it, but whatever works. Uh, yeah. Thanks for taking my call. Appreciate have it. a good one. Yep, thanks, man. Appreciate it. And yeah, I mean, that's something we'll get into later on. Uh, Lewis Riddick 
who also gave his thoughts on on Carson with the Colts, uh, also gave his thoughts on the Eagles and what they'll do at quarterback. So we'll get to that before we get out of here as well. Let's go to Norm in Roxborough. What's up, Norm? Hey, Tom. How you doing? Good. How are you? All right, thanks. Um, hope you're surviving all the snow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were just able to, you know, I had to shovel a couple times on Thursday, but not not too bad. I was able to get in. Uh, okay. Thanks. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, I can't forgive Howie on this because I thought he screwed up on giving up the extension to Carson at mm-hmm. the end of the day. No, so he, he should have never done that. But, you know, that said, whatever, he did what he did. And Carson, I swear, I thought he tanked the season. I don't understand why the Eagles don't go after him for breach of contract. Well, I mean, it's I don't think like, it seemed like he took a dive. Yeah, I mean, and well, in the last game they took a dive too. Yeah, I mean, well, the last game he had nothing to do with. I don't think he tanked the season. I think there's certainly there's certainly a lot of issues with him and Doug this year, though, where they couldn't get on the same page. And uh, I will say the stuff about him not running the plays and openly just you know, running the plays that he wanted to run instead of what Doug was calling. I mean, yeah, I think that that's pretty unprofessional if that stuff's true. Well, that's right. You know, I, I read the article. I read the Inquirer article by Jeff McClain. Right. And that was very in-depth. Very seldom do I actually read an article from from the very beginning to the very end. And it was very telling. And I don't understand. Well, you know, they traded him. He needed to go. Um I, I just wish we'd have gotten more value. All we got is a third round pick. No, well, well, maybe. Well, you get next year. You get something. a second that could be a first. So I mean, that's that's pretty significant. It's not you know in this draft, but um, you know it's going to be a valuable asset down the line. Yeah, I just don't have any confidence in Howie to uh, <laughs> yeah make a good choice. Yeah, no, I I get that, Norm. I 100% understand your reservations about how he drafting with the draft record of the last yeah, couple of years. He's so. just flat out awful. Yeah, so. <laughs> I appreciate okay. it. Okay. All right, Tom, thanks for taking my tour. Oh, cool. Of course. Take thanks, care. Thanks, Norm. Take it easy, man. Have a good one. And, yeah, I think – I mean, you're well within your rights to be skeptical of, of Howie with the draft. And and, and I, I, I hate that, that – Sometimes I come off as like a Howie defender because it's honestly not my my intention. I mean, I get frustrated with the drafts as well. And the Rager over Jefferson, the Ortega Whiteside over DK Metcalf are are catastrophic misses. Um, but you know, you you that that I I hate the argument that well, what's the point of getting draft picks? He's just going to screw them up anyway. Like we don't know that. Like there have also been decent draft picks as well. Like Jalen Hurts, I think was a good pick last year. Like I think Jalen Hurts is going to turn out to be a pretty good player. Um, you know, Miles Sanders was a good pick. Dallas Goddard was a good pick. Like, I don't think it's just uh, this, this situation where you don't even care about picks uh, because they're, they're going to be squandered. Um, I think the Eagles need to reevaluate how they're doing their player evaluations for the draft, but more picks are always better to have than fewer picks, and they can be used as assets to trade. and And if that pick turns into a a, a, a first rounder in twenty twenty two, I mean, you could be looking at a pick that is around, you know, say the Colts, say the Colts have a pretty mediocre year next year. Like say Carson Wentz uh, plays the entire season, reaches that fifty or that seventy five percent. 
uh, offensive snap threshold, that pick conveys into a first-round pick, and the Colts end up with a 7-9, and 8-8 record, that could be the 14th, 15th pick in the draft. And I absolutely think that's a, a possibility here. Like, um, the idea that the Colts are, are this powerhouse now, I strongly disagree with. And we'll get to that more in the next segment. We'll get to some of the uh, national reaction, which there are some people who are pretty bullish on the Colts. Um, maybe. If Carson Wentz can play like he played in 2017, but what are the odds of that? Like, I think the odds of him playing like he played in 2017 and the odds of him playing in 2020 are both extremely unlikely. It's probably somewhere in the middle. It's probably the way Carson played in 2018-2019, which I thought was pretty average. And the way he played in 2018-2019, I watched a decent amount of the Colts last year. I don't think that was as good as Phil, the way Phil Rivers played in 2020. So, um, yeah, I think it's certainly a, scenario, uh, a possible scenario that the Colts take a step back, end up as a 7-9, and 8-8 team, and that pick ends up being a mid-first-round pick, which would be very valuable for the Eagles um, if they, you know, end up staying there and selecting or maybe it ends up being an asset where if you do roll with Jalen Hurts this year and you decide we're going to go with Jalen Hurts, we're going to see what we have. If it goes well, great. If it doesn't, you probably have a high pick. Then you could have another first-round pick in the middle round. Maybe you can trade up and get a quarterback you really like in next year's draft. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. Coming up, we'll hear uh, the perspective on the Colts side of this. I'm Tom Kelly in for Big Daddy Graham, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly in for Big Daddy Graham on a Friday morning in which Carson Wentz is no longer a Philadelphia Eagle. So um, the trade is done, which is a relief to everybody. We knew this was coming. Uh, just glad that uh, this saga is over and both sides can move on. Uh, and this is going to be best for both sides, I think. I think the Eagles will be better um, to get out from under that contract because this was not a team that even if Carson Wentz did recover, I don't think paying a quarterback that money, they would have been able to fix the rest of the roster around him. Um, so I think it's best for the Eagles. They'll take their medicine this year and then have a lot of uh, cap space and draft capital in 2022 moving forward. So I think that's that's a really positive thing. And then um, from Carson's perspective, if he is going to succeed somewhere, I think Indianapolis is probably his best chance. So uh, certainly a better a better environment for him than Chicago, which is just a terrible organization. So we'll get to some of the national perspective in a second here. First, let's talk to Dave in Cherry Hill. What's up, Dave? Hey, good morning. Good morning, Dave. Yeah. Uh, Carson Wentz, yeah. I I don't agree with you on why he left here, and uh, I really don't think it's all that important. Uh, And I think it's more a matter of perception, how he sees it. If he was to give you an interview and uh, get on the show and, and you would ask him and all, he wouldn't say that, and he, and he wouldn't believe that. I think that uh, he did give up. If if you call giving up and quitting the same thing, then we we agree. Yeah, I I think they yeah I think they're synonymous. He just saw that he the team had kind of he couldn't relate to the players. They played better for Hertz. That was a big part of it, and uh, other parts of it too that took 
a long time in coming. It wasn't a, a matter of uh, spite or or anything like that. And uh, he's probably uh, wouldn't wish the Eagles bad luck. Well, I don't I, think so. Well, I you know I I would. I, I don't know, Dave. I, I don't think there's very warm feelings between Carson Wentz and the Eagles organization. Um, but who who knows? I'm not going to tell you how Carson feels. I don't, That's I don't right. Know. It, to me, it's it's not really important, except the way you paint it. It's like uh, he, he did this on purpose, and he should be uh, a villain for it. And I don't think so. He's he's kind of a heroic a Hamlet kind of figure. Well, 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 well Dave, Dave, uh, heroic. I mean, uh, like... Well, Hamlet wasn't heroic. He was a, a, a tragic figure. Uh, yeah, I'm, so, I, I'm sorry. I've I got to brush up on my Shakespeare. It's been a, it's <laughs> okay. been a while, um, but I, it's a good reference. But, you know, I, but you're not interested at all into, like, what happened? Like, I, I think, you know, fans who follow the team so closely, I, I feel like we're kind of owed some sort of resolution here into what happened. Hey, I would love Carson's side of the story. And if Carson told his side of the story, I'd be open to changing my mind on it. I think part of the problem is he won't say anything. Well, I think I already know it. I, and and I, I'm not curious at all for some reason. That's a, it's a difference in our opinion. But for one thing, I don't think it just makes sense that he just – that, that uh, Rosen, Roseman and uh, Laurie would hire um, – a coach just for that, or fire a coach just for that. That that to me doesn't make sense. Yeah, no, no, I got you, Dave, and, and I appreciate it, man. Thank you for the call. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I think it could connect a lot of dots that it does make sense. Like, I gave you my theory a few weeks ago where I think that after Carson Wentz got benched, he was just, he just wanted out, uh, and you know, which I think is a little crazy considering how he was playing. Uh, the Eagles, I thought, gave him plenty of rope to uh, turn it around, but it was getting worse. And I think everybody recognized during that Green Bay game, like, all right, some we got to make some kind of a change here. Like, we you can't just continue putting him out there and and letting this go uh, the the way it's going. Um, but I think when Carson Wentz uh, got benched, I think he was just done. Uh, I think after the season, he went to the Eagles and he said, it's me or Doug, thinking that there was no way the Eagles were going to fire Doug. This is a Super Bowl winning quarter or Super Bowl winning head coach who been to the playoffs three years in a row. And I think the Eagles, in a sense, called his bluff and said, okay, we'll fire Doug. We want to keep you. And after that happened, I think Carson was in a real... Um, in a in a in a corner, so to speak, where Doug was fired, but he still wanted out. That's the way I see it. Um, and they hired Sirianni. I mean, Sirianni with the right connection, maybe not completely for Carson, but I think certainly partially for Carson. And um, yeah, I think there are a lot of dots that you can connect. Uh, to you know, look at it that way. But uh, Dave doesn't. That that's okay. I mean, I I. I'm interested, honestly, in, in people's uh, opinions on this, reg- regardless of what they are. I mean, you don't have to agree with me. Um, but, you know, I, I would love to hear Carson Wentz's side of the story. And I, I think him giving his side of the story would only make him look better. I mean, who knows? Maybe he doesn't care. And he probably doesn't care. Now that he's gone, you know, he probably thinks, uh, once I'm out of Philadelphia, I don't need to address it anymore. 
I don't need to talk to anybody from Philadelphia anymore, and I wouldn't expect he he would. Like, I don't think we will hear Carson Wentz talk about the Eagles at all. But I would like to know how he saw this whole thing go down. I would like to know his side of the story, and I think it could maybe change some people's opinions um, on how they view him and how he handled the situation. Uh, 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. But I did want to get to uh, Carson Wentz and how he will perform in Indianapolis. And, you know, I said, I think this is a good fit for Carson Wentz. If he's going to rebound, this is the place where I think he can do it. I mean, it, it is the best fit for him. Uh, certainly better than Chicago. Um, and it is, of all the scenarios, I think the one that Carson Wentz preferred and I think the best one for him to possibly resurrect his career. And I'm going to give you some of the national perspective on it. Um, here was Lewis Riddick uh, on ESPN uh, giving his take on the Colts believing they can resurrect Carson Wentz. Yeah, Kenny, you know how I feel about relationships and how they're really the driving and deciding factor when it comes to extracting, you know, maximum performance out of players in the game of football in particular. And I think this is one of those one of those cases where the Indianapolis Colts, they believe that this is exactly what Carson needs. He needs to be around people who he really does get along with, people who he believes understands him. Chris Ballard, the GM, and, and Frank Reich believe that they understand him. And that they'll, they'll have the kind of relationship that will result in them getting the kind of performance that is much closer to 2017 and late 2019 instead of what you saw in 2020. And if they can get that, if they can get that, this is a legit, legit title contender. There's no question about that. They have a strong team from top to bottom in all other areas, and they're going to get stronger once this free agency period and the draft concludes here in late April, early May. Now, and it always throws me off during those clips. Like, why do they, what's with the heavy metal music and the crowd cheering in the background? I'll never understand why they do that. Dan, you, you I, gotta I don't get, get, get it. revved up. You know, uh, I guess it's, it looks different on TV. Like, it, it sounds not as great on radio. In TV, they got to get everyone revved up. They show the same loop of B-roll over and over again of Carson Wentz playing. It's just, right. It's TV aesthetics. Maybe you're right. Yeah. All, all I know is when it's just audio, it's very distracting. Oh, it is, because yeah. you don't see – on right. TV, you don't notice it as much because your brain is delegating more of the responsibility. You're paying attention to some of the audio, right. really not focusing as much on what they're saying. Right. Here, you really figure out whether they're say- what they're saying is good or not. Yeah, and there, there's no way for me to edit it, that out, so I, I apologize. But basically what Lewis Riddick's saying there, you know, the Colts believe they can get Carson Wentz back to playing 2017 level. Like, I think that is a – um. Unlikely. That's an unlikely scenario. I think both getting 2017 Carson Wentz and getting 2020 Carson Wentz, I think those are both ends of the extreme. And I don't think you're getting either one. But, you know, Lewis Riddick says he thinks they could be a Super Bowl contender. And um, to get to NFL Network here, here's Stacey Dales, who uh, covers, uh, is a national reporter, but she's tight with the Colts. And she says the Colts are pretty happy about this move. Certainly. Uh, We were on yesterday together, Patrick, and really you could see the writing on the wall with this one. The Indianapolis Colts are roughly 69 million in cap space. This this was bound to happen. They were in great and are in great financial position with Chris Ballard and company. I don't want to get all mushy here, but I'm going to go match made in heaven. The stars aligned. 
win-win situation. I can tell you I've talked with several sources with the Colts, um, multiple sources, and they are absolutely ecstatic about this. Frank Reich, the head coach, is ecstatic. Um, really, when you look at it from Carson Wentz's standpoint, you're getting a top 10 defense under the direction of Matt Eberflus. You're getting a Pro Bowl offensive line, and and now you have the 21st pick in the draft. You can address at the tackle position because this is a tackle-rich draft. You have a monstrous backfield. If they can keep free agent Marlon Mack and add him to Jonathan Taylor and Naeem Hines and Wilkins, wow. And you have perimeter skill players that are and have the potential to be Pro Bowl-type players. When you think of a guy like Michael Pittman, we'll see what they do with T.Y. Hilton, uh, you know, Paris Campbell, Pascal. This team is loaded. This is a win-now situation, Patrick, for Carson Wentz. Now, I personally think that's a little overstated. I mean, talking about Zach Paschal and, and Paris Campbell and uh, an older T.Y. Hilton who didn't do much last year, that, that that's not a loaded roster. I mean, and, and, you know, they got some good running backs. You know, Naeem Hines is a, a nice receiving back. Jonathan Taylor's a good uh, back who had a good rookie year. Marlon Mack, if he comes back healthy, is decent. But I think that's far from stacked. I think that's a little of a biased look there. But speaking of a biased look, uh, let's get to this next one, which um, Dan Orlovsky. And, I, I, you know, Dan Orlovsky seems like a, a, a very nice guy um, and a good analyst. But... It is very hard for me to take Dan Orlovsky seriously when anything in regards to Carson Wentz. And um, shocking that Dan Orlovsky has a real positive take. Here's Dan Orlovsky on uh, what he expects from Carson Wentz next season. Dan, did Philly get enough for Wentz in your mind? No, absolutely not. I mean, we're talking about a guy that, when it's right, he's a top six or seven player in the NFL. You know, I think the, the reality for this move when it comes to the Colts is – it places them. I think there's four teams as we sit here today that are top of the AFC conference. Kansas City, obviously. Buffalo, obviously. Cleveland. And this puts Indy in that top four. Number two, I would put Carson Wentz into the MVP conversation. I believe in him and Indianapolis that much. And then three, I'd say this. This 2021 Colts team is going to look a heck of a lot like that 2017 Philadelphia Eagles team. You're talking about a top five offensive line and run game. That's what he had in Philly. Philly didn't have a star in 2017. They had like four or five really good pieces around them. That's what Indy has, top 10 defense. I believe in Carson Wentz. And I know everyone's talking about the mental aspect and all that. And we're going to get into that. But I think that this is a absolute home run for the Colts and something that the Eagles will absolutely regret two or three years from now. An MVP candidate. I mean, the guy just played like the worst quarterback in the NFL. Like, I get you think he might have some success there. I think he might have some success there. But to immediately put him in the MVP race and to uh, immediately put the Colts at like the top of the AFC, I mean, come on, Orlovsky. Like, like, slow down a little bit. And I get, you know, Orlovsky is kind of uh, painted his his corner here as he is. He's the Carson Wentz guy, and that's kind of his role. Um, but that was, I mean, that was ridiculous. If Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time, had played as, like, the worst quarterback in the NFL for a season, everyone would be saying the guy's washed yeah. after a huge sample size of, like, multiple Hall of Fame careers pushed into one. 
Carson Wentz puts together like one Hall of Fame season, and people just ride on it. Like, still, it makes no well, sense. Uh, it, not. It, it makes no a, sense. It wasn't even a Hall of Fame season. It was thirteen games. It's a Hall three, of Fame, thirteen games thir- that set up a year, championship run. Thirteen games three years ago. I I've mean, never seen anything like it. Yeah, I mean, we're. T- I mean, he says he's one of six, seven best players in the NFL. I mean, that based was, on what? That was that was three years ago. Right. That was three quarters of a season, three years ago. Unfortunately, so, that's all the Eagles need him to play now to get the pick. <laughs> right. So let's you know, uh, calm down, Dan. I know you're excited. I, I know you're you're pumped to get your boy Carson uh, out of Philadelphia. First of all, it, it's not something the Eagles will, you know, regret doing the trade because Carson Wentz wasn't going to come back. He didn't want to come back and play. Carson Wentz wanted out. You just kind of conveniently forget about that part of the story. But, I mean, give me a break. I mean, we're talking about three quarters of a season three years ago, and all of a sudden he's just magically going to go back to that because he's playing with Paris Campbell and Zach Paschal and coached by the legendary Frank Reich in Indianapolis. He might be all right there, but give me a break. I mean, making him an MVP candidate is is, is insane. 215-592-9494. If you want to get in, 215-592-9494. Ryan, John, uh, see you guys right, right there. We'll get both of you in when we get back. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you for one more segment before we uh, talk to Al for the Overlap Show uh, coming up next. If you want to get in, 215-592-9494. Obviously spending uh, all night talking about the Carson Wentz um, trade. He goes to Indianapolis. Eagles, uh, if you're just joining us and you don't have all the information on, Eagles getting a third-round pick in this year's draft. And then next year, um, Something else to watch for, if, if the Eagles aren't good, we'll still be interested in the Colts next year. Is It'll be a second-round pick that becomes a first-rounder if Carson Wentz, A, plays 75% of the Colts' offensive snaps. So um, if he stays healthy you're and doesn't get benched, uh, you're going to reach that, um, that, that level. And then B, or if uh, B, C, he plays 70% of the snaps and the Colts make the playoffs. So... Um, that's the return, and considering there wasn't really a market, I think it's I think it's tremendous return. Uh, you get uh, a, a three and likely a one for a guy very few teams were interested in. I mean, just look at what how this ended up going down. The Bears, who we heard so much about, reported in the end they really were just monitoring things. They they never even I believe made a formal offer to the Eagles, so uh, it doesn't seem they were really interested. All these teams who didn't have quarterbacks, the Patriots, Washington, Carolina, who's looking to upgrade from Bridgewater, Um, you know, New Orleans, if they don't feel great about Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill, Denver, uh, you know, there are a ton of quarterback needy teams out there, and none of them really all that interested in in taking on Carson Wentz except the Colts, but Howie Roseman uh, did, did a very nice job of waiting, taking his time, not caving in, not just taking an offer, and uh, kind of creating a market. Uh, and in the end, I think he kind of swindled the Colts. I think he got the Colts to bid against themselves. Uh, I think if if they had waited, they could have gotten Carson Wentz cheaper. I think maybe they are only giving up a second rounder if they do end up um, waiting longer. But 
I, I, this is what Howie does well. There's a lot to rip him about, but I was confident that he would get value back for Carson Wentz, that he would do the right thing with this trade, and ultimately I think he did, and I think he got decent return considering um, you know, he's trading a guy who played like the worst quarterback in the league last year. 215-592-9494. Uh, let's go to Ryan and Maniunk. What's up, Ryan? What's going on, man? How you doing? How you doing, man? I'm good. Uh, two two things. First, on Carson Wentz not saying anything to the media. My my only thing that I can say to that is, you know, when you were a kid and you got in trouble when you were out and you knew your mom knew when you were on your way home, so you, you always kind of beat, or beat around the bush on your way home hoping oh, yeah. that something else would happen oh, yeah, beforehand. Yeah. Yep. So, honestly, I think that's why he didn't say anything because he was like, well, I don't know if they're bringing me back. So why say something if I don't need to talk to these people anymore? Well, I mean, uh, Ryan, I th- I think you know he he pretty much was in control of whether he was going to be back or not. You know, that's the way I saw it. I I think yeah. if he wanted to come back, I think the Eagles would have been more than happy to, to bring him back. Yeah, and then my, my second thing is out of the three, Doug, Howie, and Carson, I think Jeffrey Lurie then put all of his stock into saying the reason why we won that Super Bowl majorly is through Howie Roseman, and he believes he can do it again. Yeah, Ryan, yeah. I, I think that's an interesting point, and I do think that is part of Jeffrey Lurie's logic. And, you know, we look at Carson and, and the role he played in 2017. He obviously played a huge role, but, you know, Howie played a, a huge role in, in that as well. And I know, you know, things haven't gone great for either of them since then. But, um, you know, if, if Carson, I think it's more likely that Howie becomes a, a top executive again than Carson Wentz becomes a top quarterback again. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. And to, to go off of what you were just saying there, with what somebody was saying about Carson Wentz having a 2017 season with the Colts, you know, they have a little bit of that veteranness to them. I think that they can pick up the right people in free agency to possibly have that run. Mm-hmm. But I think Howie, I, I pray Howie has a better chance of having a better draft than Carson does having a deep run in the playoffs. Because historically speaking, that man hasn't won a playoff game, nor has he made it through a full season but one time. Right. No, you're right, Ryan. So, no, I, no I, I appreciate the time. No, appreciate it, man. Thanks. Good good points. And, yeah, I think when you look at Carson, and this is where, you know, you you got to look at what is the most likely outcome as far as how he ends up playing. And, and again, I, I think 2017 and 2020 are both ends of the extreme, and I don't expect either to be the outcome. Like, you have 13 games in 2017. That's the top end. You have – 12 games in 2020, that's the bottom end. And the odds are he's going to be somewhere in the middle. Like, you have the 11 games from 18. You have the 16 games from 19. That's where I think that, I mean, that's certainly where the largest sample size is. And that's probably where he ends up being, is right in where he was around 2018, 2019 with some variance. I mean, if Frank Reich is that good of a coach, yeah, he can maybe make him a little better than that. Um, I don't think the Colts have great weapons right now. I, I They have to fill um, a big hole on the offensive line left by Anthony Costanzo, who, who retired. So, I mean, I don't think it's a 
outrageous supporting cast, I think you're probably looking at the way Carson Wentz played in 2018, 2019, right around there. And I think that's an average to slightly above average quarterback, which in my mind isn't worth the kind of money that he's eating up on your salary cap. So uh, I think uh, the Eagles come out come out winners here. Let's go to John in Center City. What's up, John? Hey, how are you? Not bad. How you doing? Good. couple of things I wanted to bring up. Uh, if, if you think Howie Roseman and Jeff Lurie are going to turn into sensations, I'm a little bit disappointed in them, their decision-making. And you know Peterson had to go into Lurie and say, listen, I need a little more control. Lurie backed down, sent him on his way. But Wentz being traded, he doesn't owe us an explanation of how things went. I imagine they didn't go well. And I'm glad he's gone. But if you don't think Carson Wentz has a glimmer of hope playing for Frank Reich, you're being a little bit naive. No, I think he, he has a, gonna... I think he has a glimmer of hope, John. But, I, I mean, people immediately putting him in an MVP candidacy. No, I mean, that's crazy. But, but, but I foresee him having three, four strong years with Indianapolis, regardless of what people say. And But at Philly, there was no chance of that happening, happening with the dynamics of the fans, uh, the culture, and the media. We're all against Wentz. I don't believe, Jaylen John, Hyde, I, don't, I do not believe that to be true. I, there, I mean, I, I think so, well, especially time, because he was so quiet, everyone was so skeptic of everything he, that was going on with Wentz. So they didn't give him a chance. He was smart to play it coy, quiet, and move on. Well, he what, got now, his he got his way. So so maybe you're right on that. But especially yeah, with the fans, yeah. with the fans, John, I disagree. I mean, I think even now, I think Carson Wentz has the majority of the fans supporting him. Right. I, I think that Jalen Hurts coming into this thing, I I hope that the fans give him a little more leash. I don't expect him to win more than four or five games this season, regardless of what people say. Yeah, and, and I mean, they're, I don't think the Eagles are going to be a very good team this year. I think No, I don't, I don't believe so either. Right. I think you're 100% right. They're going to have a flat season. People may start pointing fingers at Jalen Hurts, Howie, uh, Jeff Laurie, but if you think at the end of this season that the, the Colts are going to be – any less of a team than the Eagles, you're 100% wrong. They did improve their team, but they only had one way to go up. They needed a quarterback badly. And Wentz can fill the gap for a few years. He's not a bad quarterback. He makes made a lot of poor decisions. And I'm sure, and I'm, I hope he learned from it and becomes a better player. But Jalen Hurts is not the answer here. Well, yeah, I know He's I get it. I get it, John. I appreciate the call. I'm not talking about next season. I mean, yeah, the Colts, the Colts, I mean, if the Colts aren't better than the Eagles next season, then this was a disastrous trade for the Colts and a tremendous trade for the Eagles. This isn't about 2021. It's not. And it's why it made even more sense for the Eagles to trade Carson Wentz is they made it abundantly clear that they are focused on 2022 and beyond. And it's probably because they knew Carson wanted out. They knew they couldn't salvage the relationship. And, you know, they were going to have to trade him, take their medicine this year, pay $33 million against the against the dead cap. And uh, that's obviously going to impact significantly what you can do to I- improve your football team. I don't expect the Eagles to be very good, uh, regardless of what they do at quarterback. Uh, whether they draft somebody, whether they 
let Jalen Hurts um, have the season and see what you have and bring up a veteran backup like a guy like Nick Foles, who I mentioned earlier. I still think Nick Foles makes a lot of sense if he becomes available to come back to be Jalen Hurts' backup, work with him, and and kind of mentor him and help him along because I don't think Nick is going to get an opportunity to compete for a starting job this year. But you look at, at, at the situation the Eagles are in, I mean, I think they're positioning themselves pretty well for beyond 2021. And as far as next season goes, I, I don't think it's impossible the Eagles could compete for the division. I mean, this division stinks. Uh, Washington had the second pick in the draft last year. And they won the division. Like, nobody um, nobody expected that. And nobody, nobody repeats in this division. Nobody's done it since the Eagles did no 3-0-4. No so, um, yeah, I don't think the Eagles are going to be good. But who knows? Could they luck themselves into 7-8 wins? I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. And in this division, that might be good enough to get you into the postseason. Let's get Mike in here last call of the night. What's up, Mike? First thing, good morning. Good morning. Uh, you know, I, I sit back, I listen a lot. I pay attention. I don't want to make this a long call. I'm just going to make it short and sweet. Okay. I sit back and I listen a lot. I listen to you guys. I listen to different fans, different uh, uh, news media when it comes to the, to, to Philadelphia Eagles in general. And what I always see is that last caller made a big point. You know, he's right about that. The media does not allow uh, people to flourish in this city. Now, I'm not the backing Carson Wentz play in the last three years. Definitely have taken a, a large drop. But this, just because we won the Super Bowl, struck gold and got lucky, doesn't make Hallie Roseman to be a genius. And I think, I think this trade may come back to help the Eagles in the long run. But why is four wins? Why is four wins? You're saying four wins next year, five wins, maybe seven. Why is, how, is that, how is that an improvement to what we just had? Well, it's because just, it's because the Eagles are positioning themselves for the long term, Mike. They're, when did they really position themselves for the long term in the last fifteen years? That's all I'm saying. In I'm twenty not, in twenty sixteen, and it happened a lot quicker than they imagined it would. They turned over that lineup very quickly. I get it. Right. You're right. After Kelly, they turned it over. I I totally agree with you. But I just if you look at the if you look at the track record, they cannot draft properly. They have a they have not have a, had a good draft since Andy Reid. No, that's not true. 2016 was a very good draft. I mean, uh, you know. And who, was, who was the 2016 that you that, that's still on this roster? 2016 is still on the roster. Say Amalu, Jalen Mills, uh, several they're, guys. They're, I mean, all success, I'll, give you, I'll give you the linemen. Yeah, I mean, they, they got Vitae out of that draft to help them win a Super Bowl. Wentz, I mean, they, they, 2016 was a good draft. A one-year tool, bro. Right, but Mike, I'm, future. yeah, Mike, I'm not defending the fact that they've drafted well. Part of the reason they haven't drafted well is they haven't had many picks because of all the picks they gave up to go get Carson Wentz. So with more not, opportunities, maybe they will get more players. I'm listen. I'm optimistic. I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be a sore loser. I'm, I'm optimistic about the future of the team, but I'm just stating a fact. Mm. They have always they have dropped the ball numerous times. When it comes in, when it comes to the draft, I agree. And that's yeah, all right, man. Have a great day. God no, bless. no, I agree with that, and I appreciate it, Mike. Thanks. I I do push back on the 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 media aspect of this, and I know that that'll be part of the angle that they'll play up nationally and everything. That the media ran Carson Wentz out of town. It's just not true. Like it's it, Carson Wentz. I I feel like he was treated 
pretty fairly in this city by many people, um, certainly by the fans. I mean, the, the, the people calling out the fans is, is just absurd considering how he still has, I would say, the majority of, of fan support. And people are, are bashing the Eagles for moving on, even though Carson wanted to move on. But, uh, you know, uh, the, the media stuff, there are a lot of good reporters in this city, you know, and they don't just make things up out of thin air. If you don't want to believe it, you don't have to. I know, you know, people don't like uh, the media and, and you know, they just call everything fake news and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I I don't believe these stories that came out were made up. I, I, I don't think reporters getting stories and get that are sourced um, is a bad thing. I mean, that's doing their job. And if you don't like the news they're reporting, um, you're, you're entitled to that. But certainly I, I don't think when you have this many stories and they add up and, you know, so many of them kind of corroborate the others and lend to uh, the fact that, that all this stuff kind of links together um, and can link together rather obviously. Uh, I don't blame the media for, for doing their job. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, Carson Wentz, when he goes to Indianapolis now, um, I think I, I hope he learns from the experience, honestly. And he's got to be introspective on where he made mistakes here uh, in terms of leading his team, in terms of in the locker room, in terms of being coachable. And, um, you know, if he's going to succeed in Indianapolis, he's going to have to uh, correct the way he does things in all of those areas. So uh, I'll leave it at that. And that'll do it for the show this morning. Thank you to Dan Wilson for producing. I will be back in uh, Saturday night into Sunday. Uh, so I will talk to you then. I'm sure we will still uh, be dealing with all the fallout of the Carson Wentz trade to the Indianapolis Colts. When we get back, uh, we will talk to Al, get his take during the overlap show. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.